This is Veronica Whitney Robinson, the author of the Star Wars Galaxy novel, The Ruins of Dantooine, and you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. This is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars. React to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums. Over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter. Keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come to staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinate tracker beam is pulling us in. 
You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the f- voice of Star Wars fandom. There you go. I'm Wilmy Taze. We have Lunatic right by my side on the webcam. Hello. And out of the field of the webcam is, again, Kit Fisto. Hello. My poor little friend. When there's ladies in the chat room, we put you in the webcam. We'll put you on the webcam, you know. Yeah, I know. For the pleasure of the ladies. With your nice blue powder t-shirt. Yes. Of Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> which w- which wasn't such a bad movie, I must admit. It's a great movie. It was a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's great. So, uh, today on the show we have uh, the incredible honor of interviewing Stephen Barnes, the author of the Clone Wars novel, The Sestas Deception, and I believe one of the... No, actually, the first African-American yes. to write a Star Wars novel. Yep. So that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, we'll be talking about the hyperspace and all the things that came out of the, over the, the last few weeks. There's going to be the Star Wars miscellaneous news with my friend Skit Fisto. And we'll have, in the end, a community update with very interesting news about the London Symphonic Orchestra. Oh. So stay up till that moment because it's going to be really cool. And of course, right now, we're going to go to my friend Kit Fisto, who's going to tell you how to contact us. Contact us by MSN Messenger by adding the user SWENdirect at hotmail.com to your MSN user list. You can contact us by email at studio at SWENdirect.com. You can come to the main page where you'll find links to the web chat, to the web chat, to the webcam, and to our news group. Newsletter. Newsletter. That's it. And of course, if you're listening to us, it means that you actually found a link on the website to listen to us. So, okay. you know where the website is. <laughs> www.swendirect.com if you forgot. There you yes. go. Um, of course, if you'd like to call us, I believe you've went through that, but we'll say it once more because we do want you guys to let us call you. It's free. It doesn't cost you a penny. And it makes this show great because this show is all about the interaction with the fans and that's very important for you to understand. We want you to participate in this show because you guys make the show exactly so right now we're going to go to a little word of the producer if there's one no there's none there's none okay then we're going to skip it's the later word. it's later oh the word of the producer is later but we're actually going to go to the word of the host the word of the host the word of the host okay, which is me bomb, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't on the playlist no people seriously um, actually this week we've received some um, serious Stick in the wheels. There's no other words to say it. From sending the gears or sending the gears or whatever. We've been we've just hit a wall on StarWars.com's community message boards, and I just wanted to raise the um, the actual problem to the entire uh, fan audio community because I want you to go participate into this wonderful thread the mods over at StarWars.com created for us, the Star Wars fan audio community, which is called, I believe. Uh, Fan audio thread related to all uh, Star Wars shows. Fan radio thread related to all Star Wars shows. So I'd like you to go post over there if you get like a time this week or 
next week to actually go post over there what you think of Star Wars on Direct, what you think of Chrono Radio, what you think of Requiem of the Outcast, how much you love Jeff Roney's Tatooine TV, um, how much you like hearing the m- wonderful uh, hit musics by, uh, what's his name again, our friend? Ethorian. Ethorian. And uh, that's it. it. I mean, come on, people. Go voice over there. Go tell Lucasfilm how much we meant to you. Please. I'm asking you as a fan to another fan. We need your support. If you wa- if you like this show, if you wanted to continue and go on, we need your support your support towards Lucasfilm. Yeah. So go to the official boards and tell them what you think about this show because they they don't tend to they, they encourage. Seem to, uh, they seem to think that even though we've interviewed people like Steve Sensui, Paul Hens, and so many Star Wars authors that I'm not gonna even do the list right now, you know, we're just like crappy little fans who do nothing in their lives. In any case, that was the word of the host. Surprise, surprise! No problem. <laughs> But right now we're going to go to review movie, reviewing some movies, and we're going to start with King Archer. Yes. And did you see it? We're yes, I did. Yes. I'll and we're going to go to Spider-Man 2 afterwards. So. Okay. I'll let you guys start with King Archer. Okay. Personally, I liked it. I liked the, this version of the story. It's you, you cannot expect a Lord of the Ring movie, uh, that type of movie. It was a, a simple, entertaining story. From my part. Okay. I really, really, really liked this movie. Okay. I liked it more than Spider-Man 2. Oh. I I just really liked the Arthurian legend and the whole idea behind it. And I really find this story really interesting and well thought out. It may not incorporate all the classical elements yeah. like Arthur pulling out the stone out of the... Out of um, pulling the sword of Excalibur out of the stone and things like that. But... It does incorporate it in some way. I don't want to give away spoilers. Yeah. It's more realistic. It's more realistic. Yeah. Other than it's the part that, m- that yeah. Guinevere's a Celtic warrior. <laughs> But that's okay. Yeah. Because I can suspend my disbelief. Yeah. It's more uh, It's more mi- mitili- militaristic, more... Uh, uh, how can I say this? Brotherhood oriented? Yes. Or uh, that's it, the, the camaraderie between the... The knights, the knights and, and that's it, and the, the clash of culture yep. at that point. It's not. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it because it was the whole it. fight yeah. between the uh, Christian um, killing of the pagans, yeah. aka torture, um, and how King Arthur yeah. really opposes that, even though he is a Christian. Mm-hmm. The, the story takes place a thousand years before. The actual King Arthur novel story. Yeah. Uh, it's in the Dark Ages, so it's kind of near the end of the Roman Empire. Right, when the Roman Empire was starting to collapse. Yeah, that's it. And the Saxons were coming down from the north or from Scotland yeah. to England mm-hmm. and taking over. And how did you like the uh, the ambiance? I it really liked I, it. it. It was really... English, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What I said, the fog, the snow, uh, always dark. Yeah. It w- it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Yep. That's about it. Go see it on the big screen. Yes. In a matinee or? Mm. Um, I went. To, I went to go see a matinee. Me too. Because that's the only time I could go. <laughs> 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 But um, it's. I'd say go see it at night. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool. I man. went to. Uh, Uh, 3.30 p.m. It was still matinee price. 
Yeah, matinee is basically showing. before 6 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I like I like this way of yeah. thinking of matinees as before 6 p.m. <laughs> and there's great uh, fighting scenes also. 5.45, you I like that time, huh, Sebastian? Yes. <laughs> and Ryan, how did you, did you like the, the battle over the frozen lake? That was really cool. Really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Okay. Well, into Spider-Man 2. And you guys got to watch out because I was at Toronto Track last weekend and we had a panel basically... On Spider-Man. 30 minutes long on Spider-Man and 30 minutes on the other films that came out this year, <laughs> so... <laughs> Be wary. No, it was... To be very honest, I really loved the um, the movie itself. I really loved it. I think it was ten times better than the first one. It was better. And, however, there were still some, like, facing problems that Sam Raimi seems to have with the Spider-Man story. But it's understandable because the real major problem you have with Spider-Man is that you take a story that that is being actually happening over such a long period of time and you have to take it into a two-hour long film. And that's actually a great improvement from the first film is that this movie is actually two hours and 20 minutes. Approximately. 200. Yeah, like, like that. So, something like that. It's, it's, it's really longer than any other movies. Mm-hmm. And um, I find the, the, the special effects were better, much better. Yeah, much, better. much, much better than the first one. Um, the beginning of the movie where you have like all the coming back of the story of the first one. Yeah, that was beautiful. Back, yeah. That, brings that. You, that emotion, emotionally brings you right back where you left mm-hmm. at the end of the first movie. Yeah. So that that was really great, and there was a f- there were of course those little you know cliche type of scenes where, for instance, Mar- Mary Jane kisses her boyfriend. You know, he's on the couch yeah. and he's lying backward, and she's like, "Damn, that's not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> not quite it. That's not it. It's, oh damn! <laughs> that that was really fun. But a really good shot was and the uh, in the operating room, the chainsaw. Yes. That's that's a little far fetched, <laughs> but that's that's an homage, though. It the is Evil Dead. Yes, mm-hmm. he, had, he had to. He produced that movie after yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and what about Campbell. the reference references to the comic? There, w- there was a lot. Well, there was Professor Connors, Doctor mm-hmm. Connors, um, which is basically yeah, uh, the lizard. Yeah, uh, a future. A future villain, maybe in the probably uh, one of there the next movies. There um, was another the references the to Green Goblin. Okay, there was the the suit in the trash can. Yeah, which is a cover of a comic know. book. Yeah, yeah. The uh, that that's actually something that there's about what maybe a week that goes by. Where yeah. you where you have this raindrops are falling and and <laughs> the little song is <laughs> like background. Okay, and he comes. Ba- he goes back to the trash can after about a week. No, he steals it from um, from. Uh, oh no, right, he steals it from the uh, Daily Bugle. From the yeah. Daily Bugle, we have this guy. I, I like the I don't uh, Jameson, mm-hmm. James J Jonah Jameson. I I like uh, how much is like uh, the the comic series. Yes, he's he's, he's the perfect. Same. Yeah, he's he's perfect. perfect. He's really just like got the perfect actor to get this character. Yeah. 
I don't know if the uh, if the uh, the son of Jimerson is actually uh, an astronaut. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Okay, I didn't know that. He's the Wolfman. Oh. Yes. Well, this becomes interesting. There's who knows? There's too much villain possibility who knows, here. Who knows what will happen in Spider-Man Three or Twelve? Could <laughs> <laughs> be a million of them at this point. <laughs> this, is a, this is actually something that scares me: is how far will Sam Raimi go? We've had the Green Goblin. It will always be better than Batman. <laughs> we, yeah, well, he's, he's, a, he's on a better verge. <laughs> I like yeah, the Burton. first Batman and that's Tim, I don't read comics, Burton. That's a Tim, I don't read comics, Burton. I like just the first Batman the, 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 with uh, Joker. Joel that, Schumacher. Uh, that's the only one yeah. I liked. Um, that was the first, th- that was the only good one of all. Of all. Batman? Batman, Batman, the first begins, one with the Joker? Yeah. 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 Batman begins good. Yeah. I didn't uh, read I'm not any sure. Spoilers at all. I've actually like I've seen the Entertainment Weekly last week mm-hmm. when I was in Toronto, and I, I jumped when I saw the face of the guy who's got uh, what's his name, uh, Clay's or something. Will play Batman. The Go guy, th- the next guy who will play Batman. Uh, I don't know who it is. Christian Clayton or something. Like that. Christian Bale. Yeah, that's it. Christian yeah, Bale. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not too great about the casting of Batman, but the rest of the casting is. Amazing. Yeah, the rest of the casting is amazing. The story seems like drooling all over the floor. And uh, I just can't wait to see it, to be honest. But Spider-Man is like... I think it's a really good movie you should see on the big screen. Oh, yeah. This one's worth it. Just for the special effects. Well, (laughs) I saw it twice, so it was worth it. Yeah, but to go back to the villains, we had the Green Goblin in the first one, Dr. Octopus in this one, in the second one. We'll have the Hobgoblin in the third one. Maybe no, it's not Hobgoblin. It's going to be Green Goblin 2. Green Goblin 2, which is supposed to be Hobgoblin. No, it's not. Hobgoblin's yeah. another guy. No, he's supposed to be the son. No. Of yeah. No, Hobgoblin's a different character altogether. Okay. There were three Green Goblins. We're taking this to fan of your radio, boy. <laughs> <laughs> to fanboy radio. <laughs> it is so. Three go- Green Goblins and Hobgoblin's a different branch. And yeah, are we going to see Venom? I hope so. That'd be cool. In to answer Tiger Cross call from the chat, uh, that, that that would be really really interesting. But who knows? I enjoyed Spider-Man too. So it was a good popcorn oh, yes. movie. Yeah. I go see I, it. Go I see I it in theater. Find my it. seat was broken. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> the the seat in the middle of the the, the theater, theater it was broken. I just was for going once. To sit. For once, you get a good seat. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> and crash that the seat goes on the floor. I, that's good. Anyway, I I really enjoyed it. I saw it twice. I just the only problem I have with it is when he puts on his mask, his head it doesn't look like Toby Maguire. Yeah. It's like they put like prosthetics inside the mask, mm-hmm. so it looks like Spider-Man from the comics. Yeah. It's just weird. How did you like the elevator scene? It's that so that funny. was so funny. Like, <laughs> hey, how's nice, that? Nice tidy costume, man. <laughs> it's a <laughs> little itchy. In the crotch area. <laughs> it rides up a bit in the crotch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Details you never thought you knew about the Spider-Man costume, ladies and gentlemen. Go see Spider-Man 2. Go see it. It's, it's really worth it. And, uh, of course, next time we're going to have even more review to give you because yeah. there's High Robot coming out with... Uh, Will the Master Smith? Oh, oh. hell no! <laughs> <laughs> this promises to be very interesting. But for now, we're going to go do a short musical break, and we'll be re- listening to Just Like Evan from The Cure, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hello, this is Paul N., director of Lucas Online. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Right now we'll be heading in the hyperspace segment pretty soon. We just want to remind you the rules of the hyperspace segment on Star Wars on Direct. We ask you not to discuss any spoilers in the actual SWEMdirect.com chat room. If you want to discuss any spoilers about Star Wars Episode 3, you can do so in My Room 1. We also ask you not to actually discuss any spoilers in forums all over the Internet. They are forums which are spoilers allowed, and forums which are spoilers forbid. And I got my friend Kit Fisto laughing his ass off at something, I don't know. (laughs) In any case, um, the actual hyperspace segment will be uh, about 12 minutes long. And uh, we want to remind you that as soon as you start uh, listening... As soon as you hear the actual hyperspace segment uh, intro, intro, uh, which you will recognize uh, pretty soon... um, just like turn your volume down and 10 minutes from that point turn it back up and you won't listen to any spoilers if you're spoiler free but first we're going to go to the people in the chat and salute them with my friend Kid Fisto Dark Jedi RA4 R4 R4 sorry Raven Septarian Siyavi and Tiger Claw Thank you very much for being with us in the chat and interacting with us tonight and right now we're going into hyperspace Hey what's that red button? Oh, crap. Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. 
And here we go for the hyperspace segment. We're going to start with a short resume of the discussion with Rob Coleman. Basically, uh, all the shots of the, visit, the, the face of Grievous uh, are waiting to be finished. Pablo uh, Hellman right now wants to know the voice of the, of the General Grievous before he starts to work on it. Uh, George and Rob and the other animators are still in the process of, like, really knowing the general and what's his personality and all. The work for the visual effects is straight on schedule, so there's no lateness, late fee there. Uh, Rob has not yet um, mentioned which material is actually the armor of Gravis, but he does believe it's actually made out of skull. That could be really, really odd. Skull of bones, you know, unlike armor. Jedi cranium. Jedi bones. For some of these shots, the effects of the movement of Grievous uh, are, have begun, but they're not finished. Uh, up till now, episode 3 has 85 minutes of animations, as for episode 2, only had 70 minutes of animation, which is a fair share of animations for a movie, when you come to think of it. Um, Grievous will be more dark and more scarier and even more brighter than Vader which is going to take mm. Vader down a lot mm. <laughs> so why do they do that I why do they do that I don't know I don't know uh, that doesn't make sense because Obi-Wan takes down Grievous and Anakin takes down Obi-Wan yeah makes it hmm. makes it makes you wonder you know they, they want to to keep Vader as a disciple uh-huh. The um, the easiest the easiest character for Robin and his team is actually Yoda because they already know perfectly the, the character by now. I mean, after two movies of working with the guy, you, know, you get to know how he feels and everything. Uh, the the role of Yoda will be bigger in Episode Three. Uh, we will see him in a combat scene. He's gonna fight again. Yes. <laughs> in Episode Three, we will have the feeling of being in the middle of the Clone Wars, uh, we will see a variety of fights and of warfare going around. So that's going to be very interesting. Uh, there will be some shots with uh, digital versions of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Digital? What? Yeah. Well, Impressive, but yeah. yeah. You know, R2 was flying in Episode yeah. 2 again, yeah. so I guess we'll, we'll, s- we'll probably see him fly in Episode 3 as well. What and the Dexter uh, will not be back in Episode 3. Rob has seen the movie without the effects, and he says that some of the scenes are really intense. He's really, really curious to see what PG will be rated, how, how, how the movie will be rated. PG-13, PG-13, let's hope so. You know, it actually has to be, and... There's some scene it, that... It <laughs> could actually be PG-16 if you follow... God, that'd be murder. If you, if you actually follow no, the trend... No, I'm serious. No, no, I know, you, I know. It would kill the movie. It, it would be murder, but if you actually follow the trend... It it could be, you know, who knows? You know how many, like if they rate it PG, if they rate it R, yeah, that's gonna be hell. Wouldn't like it? W- it's not gonna blockbuster as well as the other. Sixty percent of the audience couldn't see it. It's not as bad as NC seventeen. That's it. But I gotta go on. Okay. Uh, there's a phrase in episode two for in episode three for the plan CJC five thirty five. Act on this, we must. And uh, this shot has been finished on uh, on May 20th, but 
of course, this this phrase is said by Yoda, and the the actual uh, shot happens in the Jedi Council (CJC). So, some spoilers being revealed. The armor of Commander Cody, Tim Lara Morrison, will be added digitally. Uh, so he's going to be naked under that, and they're going to put the, <laughs> the things back <laughs> up on him. You know, uh, Rub believes his character, his digital character, as the as the best performance. And he also believes the best no he believes the best character with the best performance is actually Yoda. Uh for the best character played by an actor, I believe it's Palpatine slash Sidious. You mean it's the same actor? Oh. I believes the Really? Yeah. They're not clones? They're actually working on an action scene impl- implicating uh General Grievous. Rob mentioned the fact that the uh first trailer uh will be the first time we will see Grievous in action. Oh yeah! Oh, that just killed it to me. <laughs> There's a scene where Yoda is on the is on the verge of leaving a dro- of dropping a, a tear. Hmm. I'm gonna see him cry near Ooh. near the Yoda near the end of the movie. Oh. Maybe when she dies, so she yeah. being Padme. Yep. Uh, Rob believe the space battle is really cool, and he can't see and he can't wait to see the reaction of the. Of the people f- facing this battle, uh, the concepts and the ships used are really close to the ones in Episode Four. Uh, there are many creatures in the movie, large reptiles and really hairy characters, and some characters have um, insect forms. So there will be one or two plans where we will see a digital Padme, but this could change. Probably from from stunts, far away stunts yeah. or something I don't know, and plastic babies will be used for Luke and Leia, as we didn't already know that. Some uh, interesting news from uh, Pablo Hidalgo: there hasn't been that many changes in the actual original scenario that Lucas wrote. Some scenes have been uh, fused together to be a little bit le- to be less long in the movie itself, be, to be shorter. Uh, Beru, does, Beru doesn't have any, any dialogue in Episode 3. The Venator-class Star Destroyer of Episode 3 are a mix between the ones in Episode 4 and the Republic Assault ships from Episode 2. Venator? Venator-class. Can't wait to see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if Episode 3 is... Uh, I think there's a mention of a Venator-class in Sister's Deception, maybe. Who knows? I think so. Well, we've seen them. Well, no, we haven't seen nope. them. Well... We indirectly have seen them. <laughs> Even though yeah. episode 3 is darker, there, are, there will be some funny moments. Uh, there will be a new series of, of pictures other than the select for the non-members of the hyperspace, of the hyperspace service. Of the Gandhi helmet, you mean? Or I don't know. Select? No, it's a new series of pictures, so okay. we have no idea what it is. Okay. Um, we'll, man- we'll answer your question later, R4. <laughs> Sometimes in November, actually. Uh, there will Anakin is not the one who actually erased Cameo from the Jedi archives. Sifo-Dyas will be mentioned in the Expanded Universe before the coming out of Episode B. Pablo cannot confirm if Gary Oldman is the voice of Grievous. However, uh, there will be a confirmation for the role sometime soon, and the uh, the actually the actual an- the actual thing will be announced on the website. Come on. Who knows? R2-D2 has the uh, as uh, one hero action at the beginning of the movie, and apparently the scene will be very funny. Uh, there will be some scene between Anakin and Panmi, which actually happened in the room of Panmi. See, beha- before the helmet pictures, Sleepless Nights. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sleepless Nights. The room of Panmi. 
mental image. Sebastian <laughs> the perv. The, Palp- <laughs> the Palpatine, Ch- Chancellor Palpatine and General Grievous have never uh, been Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas. This one used the Force before uh, dying. Dooku does know the real identity of Darth Sidious. Masamita will be will actually live through the events of Episode Three. Kenyon Genosis will not be in the Twelve Planets present in the movie. What Shmi said about the birth of Hennekin in Episode One is true. There are no other theories on the subject. We will not see the Chieftain of the Wookiees in Episode Three. Grievous is not in Coruscant on Episode 3. The other member of the Jedi Council are Yoda, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan Kabi, Shakti, Agent Kolar, Stas Ali, Plo Koon, Coyote Mundi, Ceci Teen, Evan Piel, Kit Fisto, and Pablo Jail. Yes, Ceci's back. No, Kit Fisto is now uh, on, the on the council. council. Yes. Only Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Anakin will discover how Jedi can, di- can disappear when they die. Hmm, fairly Ooh. interesting. Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. Okay. Only them. Masamita is actually implicated in a scene of action. Uh, he will be facing danger the same way any other any other uh, how do you say bureaucrat? Bureaucracy? Bureaucrat. Bureaucrat does. Any other like you know Sorry. I'm so useful sometimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, the two, Katie and Amanda Lucas will be in episode 3. Katie plays a character with blue skin and yellow eyes. Nome Sheik Ikwe. Tear, the character played by Amanda, had, has red hair and she wears a black... Uh, a tail? No, No, I'm thinking tiara? more like Tiara. No. Okay. Yeah, like C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's basically it. Uh, I'm going to mention the fact that uh, the eighth documentary is now available for the member of Hyperspace Service, which is very cool, with Pablo Hidalgo making an apparition in it. And there are two Null Vision that came out, as well as two Before the Helmet that came out in the past few weeks. Uh, if you have the Hyperspace ever- Service, I tell you go see them. Before the Helmet is actually Angry Newt Gunray and uh, Tarful the Wookiee which seems to be very angry at something. And the Null Vision are actually one of the Revolve set and the bridge of the uh, Trade Federation ship. That's it for the hyperspace segment on Star Wars on Direct. Here we go. And, uh, yeah, okay. There's some link to uh, in the chat if okay. you want to... Uh, if you'd like to learn how to print origami people, go to our forest site because it's pretty yeah. cool. As we mentioned, it was uh, in the latest insider. In the there latest was insider. there were some some things to make in, in so uh, origami. There you go. So now we're gonna go to the miscellaneous news with Master Kid Fisto. <laughs> Master Fisto, trust your insight. We do. Welcome and mi- welcome to the miscellaneous news. I'm going to start with comics today. The official site o- um, announces October comic releases, starting with the Republic number 70 coming out on October 27th, Empire number 26 on the same day, Clone Wars Adventure Volume number number two will be available on um, November 10th, Star Wars, uh, sorry, Clone Wars Volume five, The Best of Blades in November. No date as of yet. The best of blades. Yes. 
were the characters in that? I don't know. No? Okay. Um, in books, Star Wars Insider switching publishers. They're going to IDG Entertainment, who run um, the uh, Game Pro magazines. And has a, a lot of a lot of uh, very mag- big magazine, yeah. Very big. Um, according to the article, Pezo will be involved in the fan club, and sta- fans will still be able to get those spiffy, all-inclusive Insider Fan Club hyperspace packages from the pre- for presumably the great price of forty dollars. In um, in other news, there will be um, so going into video games. There's um, Battlefront is available for pre-order na- as of now at EB Games. If you go in um, in pre-order, you get a free Kenner action figure at Biker Scout that we've talked I, about. If you, in bu- the free if you buy a video game, if you pre-order keep Battlefront, order. okay. So it'll be available for PS2, Xbox. I think I'm not sure about computer. This this, this game was be, will be really huge, really played. You really think so? Oh yes. Okay. I, I I'm not impressed by what I've seen so far. No, it's just that it's an online uh, like oh, battlefield. So. Okay, moving on to Star Wars at Comic Con. This is going to be huge. Um, there's going to be a bunch of companies at the pavilion, at the Star Wars pavilion. There, they have their own pavilion. <laughs> um, Advanced Graphics will have will have set up their Star Wars cardboard stand-ups. You can take home Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, I'm not sure, probably more. Anima- animated animations will, de- will debut their three quality limited edition prints on canvas and on paper from Star Wars artist Tsunzeno Sanda. He will be at appearing and exhibiting his work on the animated animations booth daily. Anthony Grandio, maker of custom Star Wars checks and checkbooks, plans to host Jeremy Bullock, the Empire, who performed the boat. Bo- Bounty Hunter Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back and Enter the Jedi. Uh, Bullock is scheduled to autograph Grandio's new Boba Fett vector art leather checkbook covers, and the company will also have a special Star Wars checks available for kids. Um, Lego Pens is offering a Comic Con exclusive limited edition Star Wars pod collector's pen. The pens, which only be, will be sold at Comic Con, come with two interchangeable memor- memorabilia pods that each display an exclusive Star Wars fan. Artwork. CM will also sell other collectible, other collectible Star Wars Lego pens. Code Three Collectibles will the company that produces high-end die-cast Star Wars models. We'll have Millennium Falcon, Slave One, Luke Skywalker's X-wing, among others, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Dorling Kingsley Kingsley Books will debut their Star Wars new title, Inside the Worlds of this Trilogy. And this book will be available for the first time this m- at the sale at the pavilion at for Comic Con. Gen Con, the company producing Star Wars episode, uh, Celebration 3 in cooperation with Lucasfilm, will give away two passes for the Star Wars Extravaganza set for April 2005. Stop by the Gen Con booth and sign up for the drawing. Gentle Giants returns to the Comic Con exclusive with a debut another Star Wars convention exclusive book. Bust that. Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper Armor. You can also sign up for the Imperial Academy or Rebel Alliance at the Gentle Giants booth and become some of the lucky fans will be will win a uh, Gentle Giant bust featuring their own scan likeness. Like from oh, Celebration that's, 2. that's really cool. 
Hasbro Games will have um, will be having auditions for the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit Star Wars Edition DVD. So special edition Trivial Pursuit, and um, when you get to the semifinals, th- you'll be recorded, and some of them will be performances will be put on the DVD. Oh. <laughs> Lego will feature stunning Star Wars dioramas, life-size Lego models, and give away um, two mini building kits. They'll have giveaways for those. LucasArts will have demos for the ten tournaments, for exciting games in the company booth in the pavilion. Come and see Star Wars Galaxies Jump to Lightspeed demos, or choose your allegiance and join the fight in Star Wars Battlefront tournaments. So you'll be able to play it. Yep. Master Rebel Club will be there too. They'll be have, um, they'll have the new um, Obi Wan first built lightsaber replica available, among other things. And there was the blaster also. I think there a new yes. blaster. You lost your page. Yes. <laughs> okay. There'll also be Star Wars Insider and Hyperspace. They'll have um, a free issue of the Insider plus chance. To the go to the head of the line, StarWarsShop.com will represent the camp present the comic Comic Con debut of Hasbro's silver painted sand trooper action figure. Um, Ruby's costumes will have lightsabers, blasters, and more Star Wars costumes and accessories in their booth in the Star Wars Pavilion. Scholastics will be there too. Tops will be there. A bunch of stuff. On Wednesday, I think you've, we've done the schedule, but you can go onto the, the, the official site. They have even more um, updated schedule throughout the three days. It's a sl- it's a small celebration. Uh, it's it's, me, it's <laughs> the biggest Star Wars convention before Celebration yeah. Three. There are Star Wars Galaxies demos and all kinds of Battlefront. Um, Probably the same video they showed at the uh, Star Wars Galaxy Fan Fest. Yeah, there are so much. There's so much stuff. Tim Zan will be there. Um, a bunch of authors. Bunch like Stephen Barnes will be uh, interviewing in a couple of minutes. So, um, if you want to be part of the Star Wars, to audition for the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, you can sign up on July 12th. The first 300 people to sign up will be given a chance to audition to be part of the, of the new Trivial Pursuit. So you got to sign up. Auditions will be held at Comic-Con in San Diego on Thursday, July 22nd and Friday, tw- July 23rd, and in two sessions each, each day, noon to three and four to seven. So you have to go to Comic Con to be able to sign up for this. So don't sign up for no reason. Um, in collecting, there's a new exclusive clear bust from entertain from uh, where is it Gentle Giant a clear bust a clear bust it's clear it's really Why? it looks really cool <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a clear bust of uh, Yoda from Star Wars and you ha- I think you have to buy the full set to get this this special one but it, it looks really cool and it's I like it's like if it were it was in glass yeah okay if you collect these things it is you have to get the first. You have to get the whole set because they're also it just wouldn't be without it. It just wouldn't be complete without it. And that's the miss news for this week. There you go. All right. And right now, shall we have a little transition, my friend? Yes. Because this is Star Wars on direct. <laughs> 
and well, notebook ready in his hands. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the microphone to Ludovic for the next couple of hours. <laughs> hours? No, there's only one page. Oh, okay, there's only one page. I, I got no, scared. No, I'm there. the now. <laughs> <laughs> it's in English, and I'm the only one who read the book, actually, so... I've actually read, like, the first couple of pages on StarWars.com, okay. and it looks really good, so now I got to go buy it and get, get the book and read it. I just... Uh, Give it to you uh, to read. No, that's okay. I want to go buy it for my collection because okay. I collect the meter. So, okay, there you go. So basically, I will just do a review. Uh, I w- I will not go into the story, uh, except maybe a little synopsis that uh, the story is is about uh, a planet that's uh, producing biodroids that are uh, transformed uh, to be force sensitive and. They can kill Jedi's, and it would be the the, the biggest threat to the Republic. Uh, so the separatists uh, have gi- given a contract to our sisters, the planet, to produce those droids, and by doing that, it boosted the uh, the economy of the planets. The Republic doesn't want that to happen because it's a threat for uh, for the whole galaxy. So they're sending Obi-Wan, Kit Fisto, and a couple of clone troopers to try to uh, uh, resolve their problem, okay. basically. So, uh, and they're, uh, they're going to do it uh, with diplomacy at first, but eventually it will fail. But there's a lot of deception, like the title said. It's, it's all about deception. Every side... Uh, is deceiving the other side. The good guys are deceiving, and the bad guys are deceiving. The government is deceiving. It's it's the title is well put. It could have been sisters' deceptions, even. So uh, because my there are more than one. Oh, it's only deceptions. It's only deceptions. Yeah. So basically, my review of that book, uh, Sisters' Deception, is unique because it, it makes you think. Uh, it's not a large, sc- uh, it's not large-scale battle that you would expect in the Clone War, uh, nor the back-to-back action that would appeal to most Star Wars fans. Uh, this book is more about character development and the politics and inner working behind the war. It's about deception and terrorism from both sides of the conflict, and what government would do to save their economy. Uh, this book also explored the life of a clone trooper seen in the first and third person, uh, their interaction, their thinking, and in the case of Nate, one of the main characters, uh, it's about discovering uh, our invi- individuality and the meaning of our lives. Uh, but Sister's Deception also got a love story and some humor that makes a complete Star Wars novel. Uh, yes, there's is fighting scene, especially good close combat scene that uh, will bring back memories and also cool guerrilla warfare attacks uh, as the rebel would have done uh, during the empire era and after that uh, you can see how an insignificant planet can have so much leverage over the tug of war between the republic and the confederacy because uh, you see Palpatine and like the confederacy Doku trying to uh, like pay off uh, trying to uh, brought the government on their side or the other so it's pretty cool uh, I would have liked to see Anakin and Dooku 
uh, in action though uh, Anakin has a very small presence at the beginning uh, at the beginning of the book and Count Dooku is absent except a couple of mentions surprisingly he's, he's really present on the cover but not in the book uh, after that uh, the thing that lost me the most was the inner working of the government it was a bit confusing for me since my English isn't perfect there was a lot of layers of who's this deciding what and there was like three or four councils with different decision making powers and it was really confusing at at some point and it, I thought this this part was a bit long from myself uh, I would have liked to have more a little more action you know a big war scene there's there's a lot of fight scene but little fight scene dispersed in the novel so without like a little more fighting I, I like the the movie uh, action in the in novels so it's a good read I give it a 7 out of 10 uh, if you have the money go buy it uh, if not wait for, uh, wait for the paperback and you will prob probably have the ebook the I've accompanying uh, accompanying it in the, the the start of the the paperback so that's basically it here that's you go it. It's a good but book. you know, as Master Yoda once said, "War does not make one great." <laughs> <laughs> that was my impersonation of Yoda. Yes. <laughs> so right now, I guess we're going to go to a musical break, or yes, shall we discuss the fact that they actually have? I think it's the first chapter on StarWars.com, along with an you interview of that, Stephen yes. Barnes, and uh, I actually read the uh, the first chapter. Okay. And it's really. What's the first chapter? I don't yes. remember. <laughs> when uh, Obi-Wan and Kit Fisto are actually on uh, Ord Cestus and they're witnessing the um, the robots test. Okay, in the arena? Yeah, in the, uh, in it's the it's arena. It's where there's a clone trooper that actually gets killed. and. Okay, no, it did doesn't get killed, but really uh, messed up. Okay. Bad but it, it, it's not on Ord Cestus. It's on Coruscant. It's on Coruscant. Yes. Oh, okay. It's before the uh, the recent. So, but Coruscant. there you go. There you go. So we should get uh, back on the air with Stephen Barnes. Yes. To the break. On oh. Star Wars and <laughs> the voice of Star Wars fandom. So right now we're gonna go to a short musical break and we're gonna listen to Cheryl Crow. All I wanna do. All I wanna do.
we're going to introduce you and we'll be able to talk after that. Hello, I'm Derek Hagen, Big Star Collider from Star Wars and New Hope. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And we are back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, with none other than Stephen Barnes. Yeah, I'm going to do a little intro first. Go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. We have on the phone the author of the Clone War novel, The Sister's Deception, the e-book The Ive, and a lot of other fantasy novel and screenplay. Star Wars on Direct would like to welcome the Morpheus of the Star Wars authors, <laughs> Stephen Barnes. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> How did you? How do you like that, that title? Oh, that's fine. I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> uh, before we go into the book, uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, about yourself, your career, your hobbies, and uh, well, I've been writing science fiction for almost 25 years. Oh, and um, I've really you know enjoyed my career in that sense. I've done a lot of work for television for shows like uh, Outer Limits and Twilight Zone, Andromeda, Stargate. Um, but you know, I've also written comic books. Uh, just uh, basically, I've been able to be lucky enough to spend a lot of my life doing something that I love doing. Yeah. And how did you end up a writer, screenwriter? Well, I always loved writing. I, there wasn't anything else I ever loved more than writing. And I think I finally just came to a point of realizing that that was what I really wanted to do with my life, and decided that I would rather fail trying to be a writer than succeed at anything else, and that it was just important to go for being something in life that you really enjoyed, you know, lo something that you really love doing. You're going to spend all your life doing it. Yeah. Might as well enjoy it. Okay. Uh, Liferight.com is your website. Uh, I've read through the, your 10-week lessons, and I was impressed on how simple those concepts could be applied. Can you explain uh, what is uh, life writing and uh, oh, how, sure. how did you came up with the idea? Well, life writing is the idea that Joseph Campbell's model of the hero's journey is also a model for how we can live our lives. I mean, George Lucas, when he wrote Star Wars, is very familiar with uh, John Campbell's work where he basically did a comparative analysis of myth patterns from around the world and found that there were ten steps that you know, a, a pattern that was recognizable and repeated. The way I phrase this is the ten steps. One, the hero is confronted with a challenge. You know, Luke is told, you know, you must come and learn the ways of the Force. Second, the hero rejects the challenge, and that's Luke saying, you know, I have to stay and work with the moisture evaporators for Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Mm -hmm. You know, third is the hero is allowed to accept the challenge or forced to accept the challenge. That's, you know, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru get slaughtered by the, by the stormtroopers. You know, fourth step is you set out uh, on the road of trial, um, and that would be the different places that Luke went to, you know, Boss mm -hmm. Eisley Cantina and the Death Star and Alderaan and so forth and so on. And then uh, you meet allies and gain powers. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that, you know, it's the next step along, along the way, the fifth step along the way, and that would be, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia and R2-D2 and so forth and so on. And then you have your initial confrontation with evil in which you are defeated. That's the sixth step. I think that's probably the moment where, where Ben is killed by, uh, by Darth Vader yeah. on the Death Star. Uh, you, uh, enter, you have uh, 
Uh, you enter the dark night of the soul. That's the moment where it feels like everything is lost. You'll never win. Mm-hmm. You can take a look at that as a scene in, in the trench on the Death Star where it looks like all the other ships have been blown away and the computers aren't fast enough and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take the character takes the leap of faith, and leap of faith is always faith in one of, of a few, just a few things. Faith in a higher power, faith in yourself, or faith in your companion. Uh, you know, in, in Star Wars, it was all three. You know, he trusted Boris, he trusted his own feelings, and Han Solo, you know, mm-hmm. dove in out of the sun to, to save him. Um, you, def- you confront evil again, and this time evil is defeated, and the last step is a student becomes a teacher. Now, this one pattern uh, re- repeats itself throughout all world fiction, throughout all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it just occurred to me that, that if you took a look at this pattern, what it really represented was the older people of the tribe, of the village, talking to the younger people, saying, this is what your life is going to be like. Mm-hmm. So that when you look at it that way, you, you, you look at the way you have to organize your resources and your energy in order to be a hero in your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I saw this when I was teaching at UCLA some years ago, mm-hmm. and I actually uh, did, you know, did several different uh, uh, cassette tape series on the subject mm-hmm. and uh, uh, taught a number of different workshops on the subject. And you know, I, I teach a, a model of that still at, at, at a higher level of sophistication now, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but I've, been, I've been looking at that for a long time. Uh, I'm very much a believer in planning your life consciously. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised myself when doing the research for this interview, when uh, reading your lessons, I was constantly taking notes for one of my characters uh, that I Good. wanted to write about. And it, it, it obviously applies very easily to how to write. Yeah. It also applies to how to live. You know, but the, the lessons are there on my website for free. I, you know, I, uh, I like money as much as the next person, but this is just knowledge that, that belongs to all of humanity. Yeah. We're all living very similar lives, and the more we can reach out to each other and help each other, I think the better the world's going to be. Yeah, I really like uh, your lessons. I will try to find some time <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to uh, explore more. Well, you know, you know you, we have... All the time, everybody has a yeah. number of hours in the day, mm-hmm. and it's all a matter of what your priorities are, what's yeah. important to you. Yeah. If you know, you you know what the most important things in your life are. Yeah. Those are the things you spend time doing. Yeah. If you're not spending the time doing it, it's not really important to you. Yeah, that's it. So, Sebastian, yeah, you have to remember that um, Tim Zan also put this little uh, lesson of life in his uh, Valentine's Day uh, tale. Oh, this I don't remember. You have to make time for you the have to make time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed, you should spend your time doing those things that are closest to your heart. Mm. I mean, I think that that George Lucas really touched a, a a very serious vein with Star Wars, with conversations about the Jedi and the Force and what does it mean to be a hero in the world. Um, it means having clarity of what's important to you. And I think that these books and movies and so forth appeal to people because he's speaking of a higher, living a higher level of life. I think that that's what we all want to do. And even if it's just dressed up as a wonderful piece of entertainment, what's really going on there is he's saying, wake up. You can be a hero. Yeah. You know, young, young man, young woman, you know, embrace your life. You know, be a, be a Jedi in your own little path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you're you're really uh, coming through as the Morpheus now with <laughs> the more and more lesson you give us. <laughs> uh, the review for Sister's Decep- Deception are very divided, good and bad. Are you the kind of author that reads review uh, about the read reviews? Yeah, I didn't think that they were very divided. I saw some bad reviews, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a couple people who caught me on some things that 
that I think were legitimate, a lot of things where I thought that they were saying some things that, you know, I disagree with, and, you know, lots of good reviews. I, I like those, too. I've never gotten, uh, I've never gotten reviews that were mostly bad. Okay. Uh, but, I, you know, it doesn't bother me if I get some bad reviews. I, I, pe- people are intelligent consumers, and I want them to have opinions, and I want to hear what they're saying. But my ego isn't going to be crushed mm. because somebody didn't like yeah. something I wrote. You cannot satisfy everyone. No, you can't. It, it's impossible to. And it's, you know, and it's not that they don't have legitimate complaints. You know, the way I'm going to learn is by finding out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And then, you know, asking myself, well, which of their complaints are legitimate? How can I be better? I mean, my question is always, how can I be better? How can I be better? How can I be better? How can I get more out of a day than I did yesterday? You know, how can I be a better writer? How can I be a better person? How can I be a better husband and father? Whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, tell us your first Star Wars movie experience. How did you, uh, how did you feel? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I was like everybody else. I sat in a movie theater back in the 70s, and when the Star Cruise destroyer went over my head, I lost it. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that before. Now, the thing that was so neat was that the, uh, the coming attractions, I hadn't been terribly impressed by the first coming attractions of Star Wars I saw. They were scratchy, and the images weren't good. But when I actually saw but I heard that I heard from people saying that it was just fantastic. I said, well, okay, I'll take a look at it. And I went to go see it, and it was simply marvelous. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved it. The, I, I loved Star Wars when, when, I, when I saw it. I'm not, you know, there no ifs, ands, or buts. I would have said the exact same thing before. I ever wrote one of the books that has nothing to do with quoting <laughs> my book. I loved that movie. Yeah. Uh, how did you get the gig to write the, uh, the Sister's Deception? Well, I had worked with Betsy Mitchell. Um, she'd been the editor, my editor over at Warner Aspect Books when I wrote uh, Lion's Blood mm-hmm. and Zulu Heart, a couple, a pair of... Uh, alternate history novels mm-hmm. I did a few years back. She went over to Random House, and she wanted to work with me on a, uh, a book set in prehistoric Africa about 30,000 years ago. Okay. And the Star, for all practical purposes, the Star Wars book was part of a package that we put together uh, of, 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 of projects that she wanted me to work on for, for one reason or another. And I looked at it, and I asked myself a very serious question. Did I think I could do a good job? Because... I know I know myself well enough to know that I'm not going to try to do it unless I feel like I can do at least a good job. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to do something that I, I thought could be kind of special. Is there something I can do here that hasn't been done before? Um, and I decided that I would take a shot at it and that I would do my best to do a good and honorable job so that the fans would be happy, but also try to write something that I could please myself with, something I could look back on years from now and say, yeah, you know, I didn't write that for the money. I wrote that because I had a really good idea that I wanted to play with. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first time you've written in, uh, in a universe that wasn't yours. How is the Star Wars universe different from the others you've worked on? Well, I mean, I've worked in the Star Trek universe. I wrote uh, Far Beyond the Stars, a novelization in one of their episodes. I, I've written for television. You know, several times I've written for television. I was playing in other people's universes. Mm-hmm. So there, there are definitely different constraints. Your characters, uh, the characters can't change. Any of the characters that are constant characters cannot change. And so there's a limit to what you can do to them before it's believable that they wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to deal with Anakin because... At the time that I started writing it, nobody knew why he turned into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So I know now, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know at the time I started writing it. So not knowing it, I couldn't go into his head and tell you what he was thinking. Yeah. And that limits the amount of depth I can go into with a character. And for the kind of writer I am, that kills my fun. I've got to have fun. I've got to write something that I'd want to read. Yeah. You uh, know. And so I just, I, I just didn't deal with Anakin. 
Um, and I created some other characters besides Obi-Wan that I felt like I could put them through steeper character arcs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I started thinking about that. I realized, yeah, there's some stuff here that I could do. You know, you have to figure out what your buttons are in terms of what gets you excited. And then you have to spend as much time doing that stuff as possible. That's how you stay alive in life. Yeah. Uh, what element of the story uh, were suggested, imposed, or refused by Delray? They didn't really refuse anything, although they're, they're very, very smart people, and they know what it is that they need to do, and they're very businesslike, okay? They're, they're, they're a product. They're like a, they're like a, uh, a production line mm-hmm. in the sense of this producing really high-end sports cars. Yeah. It's still a product, but you put love into it. You want it to look good and feel good, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, I told them you know, things about my idea, and I spent two days at, uh, at Skywalker Ranch batting the ideas around, Uh, and you know, talking to the people and so forth, and we put together the outline for something that looked to me like it like it could work. It was a Star Wars story, you know, it took place in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. It took place far enough away from the main line of action that I could I could have a few I could play with a few things, but also they wanted me to uh, to be to explore the politics of the situation because they wanted to uh, to show how the The empire, the uh, the uh, not the, the empire, <laughs> the republic yeah. is being hurt by all of the internecine conflicts, all the politics. The politics are hurting the republic. They wanted to show that, and so I had a chance to do some of that. And I had a chance to do some. There were some action scenes that I wanted to do, um, and there were some things that I wanted to say about the clone troopers that I thought nobody had thought about, and you know, a few different things like that. And in general, they were very supportive. Yeah. I'm very respectful of the mythology. And I feel that that respect was returned. Yeah. Uh, did you add the chance to talk with other Clone Wars authors dur- during writing? Yeah, I did a little bit, not much. Okay. Uh, I, w- Steve Perry yeah. and Michael Reeves, uh, who, who, who've written in the universe, are both friends. Yeah. And so we talked a bit. That's cool. Uh, there's a lot of references uh, to the Clone Wars timeli- timeline in the Sister's Deception. Yeah. Uh, how much time did you spend on research, and uh, what material did you use? Well, I had uh, a bunch of the different timelines. I had a copy of the, the CD-ROM uh, Star Wars Holocron, okay. you know, which has everything in it. Um, you know, and I read through it. I read a lot of the short stories, and I watched the movies over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> um, and... You know, I kind of felt my way into it. I I treated it as if I was a reporter writing a news story on an event that actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, what I needed to do was simply dig out the truth. So there was a lot of research, but there was also sort of a lot of letting the fictional characters talk to me, okay. sort of interviewing them in my head. Yeah. Uh, the Sister's Deception has 82 chapters, the most in any Star Wars novel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some of the shortest also. Uh, are you always using this style uh, in your books, changing chapters uh, which each scene? No, no. Um, it was just something that happened this time. Star Wars has a lot of short scenes. The movies have a lot of short yeah. scenes. And so I manipulated the length of the chapters partially to try to achieve a similar rhythm. Okay, that's good. Uh, now more into the story itself. Okay. Uh, Obi-Wan and Nate are the two main characters in The Sister's Deception. Mm-hmm. Can you briefly describe uh, in what unusual situation you've put them in? Well, I, but what I basically said is that uh, The Sister's Deception is about the creation of a, of a droid, a special droid, yeah. a bio-droid. It has a living circuit design. Mm-hmm. A creature is actually inside the droid 
that has uh, force sensitivity. It's the only non-sentient creature that's ever been found that mm -hmm. has force sensitivity. And it's actually used as sort of a living central processing unit in these droids to make the droids force-sensitive, slightly precognitive, yeah. dangerous as hell. And there's a little planet called Cestus is getting ready to sell a bunch of these to the separatists. Mm -hmm. And so the, uh, Palpatine, of course, is not very pleased about it. <laughs> uh, because they can, be, they can be used in the battlefield and they're almost as powerful as Jedi. Yeah. You know, and it's just, they're just too dangerous to be mass-produced ever. Mm -hmm. And so... But the planet has the legal right to produce them. So what Obi-Wan has to do is to get in there and stop this planet from doing something that actually has the legal right to do, which is to produce these, these droids. Mm -hmm. So Obi-Wan is, is, is uh, tasked with being a politician, being a negotiator, yeah. uh, which he doesn't, he's not very comfortable with. And Nate is one of the clone troopers, one of the advanced recon yeah. commandos um, that is sent out to accompany uh, Obi-Wan, one of five that's sent to accompany him on this job. Okay, and after that, uh, sorry, uh, in ch okay, in chapter 5 of the Clone War cartoons, uh, there's a big underwater battle on Mount Calamari involving Kit Fisto and clone troopers in scuba gear. Did you inspire your uh, did you inspire yourself from that battle? Uh, no, I never saw it. No? Mm -hmm. Oh. Because I thought when I saw the the training mission on Vendor Tree mm -hmm. that it was inspired by the by that chapter. Never saw it. Oh. Now I only saw one Clone Wars cartoon, the one where uh, Ventress is is hopping around on a bunch of tree limbs fighting somebody. I wasn't. Okay. I don't quite remember. That might have been Obi Wan or might have been Anakin. He was. He was. He was. I, I guess it was Anakin. She was fighting or something like that. Yeah. But I only. I was. I was trying to see more of the Clone Wars things, but I couldn't get my computer configured properly for from real time. Wasn't quite playing it right and Windows Media Player wasn't wasn't acting right. <laughs> I've only seen one of the Clone Wars cartoons. Yeah. You, sh you should see it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to find out that some of the stuff I'd done had been had been mirrored in, in that. But uh, you know, that's that's very cool. Yeah. You have um, good you have good instinct. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> uh, there was a mention uh Uh, about this ba uh, training battle on Vendor Tree, mm -hmm. there was a mention that there was an average of two per two percent lost during those training exercises. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's reasonable for the Grand Army of the Republic to accept that big of a loss, uh, since the clone trooper are not limitless? If we consider that they're only about well, they're not limitless, but it's yeah. very true. A Russian special forces troops will train at a level of of, of loss. It's almost that high. Oh. I mean, you know, you got you've got to be kidding. You're you're preparing when you're talking about warriors. You're talking about soldiers. You're talking about people who have to be able to function in battle. The only way to the way to lose the minimum number of them is to make the training as tough as it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. That's the way you prepare people psychologically to be able to use their skills under stress. Yet, but one clooper, uh, one clone trooper more can do can do things also, even if they're not as well trained, though. No? This is true, but what people have found over the years is that the more you bleed, in, the more you bleed in training, the less you bleed in combat. Oh, that's true. That you you need you need pressure, and uh, they will do that with ordinary human troops. So it made perfect sense to me that they certainly do it with clones, yeah. who they're not going to have as much respect for. <laughs> that's good. Uh, you mentioned in chapter 14... Uh, that there's a Republic official anthem: "All stars burn as one." Yes. 
Uh, did you compose some lyrics for that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> But I was kind of surprised that they let me get away with that. I was, I was a little bit surprised that no one had ever asked the question if the Republic had an anthem. Yeah, but because I'm sure that if you would have, it would have pleased a lot of fans <laughs> to uh, that they would themselves create. Uh, I, uh, I I asked. I will task the fans with coming up with the words to the Republic's anthem, All Stars Burn as, burn as One. <laughs> Because a contest, you know, let me know who wins, I'll send them a yeah. signed copy of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can imagine that if you wrote those lyrics that at Star Wars Celebration, all the fans would be singing, singing <laughs> it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. I think about that. Yeah. Uh, You created the X-Ting, uh, the second race in the Star Wars universe, to have both male and female gender mm -hmm. after the Uts. Uh, what were your inspiration for that insect-like creature? Um, well, I think that I'd always uh, thought about a creature that, that uh, cycled through, the, through a 24-hour period in terms of its intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I, never, I don't think I ever actually wrote that story, but it always been in the back of my mind. So when I was... Uh, working on this, and I've got the kick thing, you know, and um, I uh, have an opportunity to, to, you know, I'm asking myself, well, what, what distinguishes them? You know, why are, why are they more than just, you know, people in suits? Yeah. So they, I have to give them something unique, some sense of what's going on inside them, or else you don't believe in them as a species, right? Mm -hmm. They're just, like I said, they're just guys in suits. Yeah. So uh, I thought, well, what if they cycle through intelligence no I don't like that what if they cycle through gender gee how long would it take you know, so then I started thinking about it that way and I thought to myself that yeah that could work and, and that's kind of interesting and I hadn't seen that before so I decided to, to do it yeah uh, you wrote the ebook The Hive uh, right. when does it take place during the Sestus Deception and was it included in your original manuscript no I, I left room for it in terms of, of the events Okay. It takes place. Uh, it takes place be sort of between two chapters, right after um, Gamay Duras uh, fights for her life. Okay. Before the next time we see Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. When she said that she cannot have children or something. No, no? It's, it's right after. Right after she fights for her life, the okay. there, there's, there's a scene there with the Hive Council, and in the book, it you know we cut from there. Fairly, fairly soon to uh, to Obi Wan returning back to his lodgings, and, and it's just the hive takes. Okay, okay, that's cool. Uh, in the ebook, the hive, we discover a huge, huge statue of Yoda. <laughs> uh, Sestus deception confirms the presence of Master Yoda 150 years prior to the bio droid threat. Do you have more detail about that? Uh, No, I know what Yoda was doing there, but okay. I'll never tell. Huh. <laughs> it's like if if I end up writing that book for Random House one day, so be it. But I just I just created in my my own mind a little adventure for Yoda that I thought that, that I thought would be a lot of fun to have a, a very oblique reference to in the book. Okay, so it will not be in Dark Rendezvous, the Yoda novel uh, written by Sean Stewart. No. Okay, I thought that the, 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 there was some kind of bridge there. No, not at all. Okay. So, uh, we suggest that uh, Random House hire you again to uh, write uh, this little story. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe even just the insider. Yeah. Mo most of the Star Wars author writes into the insider, so you're probably uh, will have a chance again. 
Well, it's possible. Yeah. So right now, I'm already you know knee deep in the, in the next in the next book and putting <laughs> myself in a new in a new world. That's just kind of my life, you know, just sort of you know, moving from one universe to the next. Yeah, I was just speaking about Sean Stewart. Uh, you have a Clone War panel with Sean Stewart at Comic Con, right? I believe so. Yeah, did you prepare something for that panel with Sean, or uh, will you oh, be going on the oh, fly? No, I will just answer. I'll probably be pretty much like I am with you, just talking about the process and and you know what it is that this book is and why people should read it, and you know That's uh, that I think it's a nifty book. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, you are the first author to really develop the Kit Fisto character. Can you explain us the creative process for that for that particular Jedi? Well, you know, I didn't go into Fisto as deeply as I would have liked to. I think that Fisto deserves his own novel. Okay. But I, you know, I I basically kind of asked myself, okay, if I'm a, if I'm a an aquatic Nautilus who's raised you know from a baby in the Jedi Temple, what am I going to think? You know, what am I going to do? What How, how am I going to be inside? And, and to a degree, I tried to bring him to life as, as much as I could from the point of view of, of what he would be, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to what a humanoid Jedi would be. Um, so there weren't a whole lot of guidelines. There wasn't a lot of information. He only appears for a couple of blinks on screen. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I, just, uh, I just expanded what I could. Yeah. Did you base him on yourself a little bit? No, I use he's he's much more he, he he's much more action oriented in terms of of jumping head first into things. I'm much more likely to sit back and think. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My headset just came off. Okay, uh there's there's a couple of mention of uh, General Grievous in the book. Uh since Grievous is also a, a biodroid, any relation with its with his origin and Orcestus? Um, that's a possibility. He was one of the characters who I was told to use. Okay. So I had no, I don't, I do not know. They may have something up, else up their sleeve. I think they compartmentalize a lot. Mm -hmm. They have an idea going and they'll tell people who throw in this character and they've got something else in mind, you know, that's going to happen somewhere else. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, from your point of view, how similar is the Jedi philosophy and the martial art philosophy? Well, it's a mar it's a it's a martial arts philosophy in a world in which magic exists. Okay. You know, um, you know, and it's not that much different from you know martial arts philosophy in a in a Chinese Hong Kong, you know Shaolin temple you know movie where people are are you know practicing balancing on one foot on bamboo with lightning coming out of their eyes. Star <laughs> <laughs> Wars is a universe in which magic works. Yeah. And so, you know, technology works as well, sure, but, you know, but the Force is, is you know, a bad mamma-jamma in that sense. Um, so what you have in the martial arts are things that have to do with controlling emotions mm -hmm. and understanding the path that leads to excellence and, you know, learning how to deal with disappointment and learning compassion and so forth. And these are all important warrior skills. But like I said, the Jedi philosophy does include a, an interaction with, you know, with what in... in Chinese or Japanese or whatever martial arts we call, you know, ki and chi and prana and stuff like that. You know, only it manifests in a magical sense. You know, like I said, thunderbolts and and, and you know, lifting rocks with your mind and so forth and so on. Things that have been used as, as metaphors for these powers for a long time. And maybe there is some actual truth to some of that. It's hard to say. I do know that uh, that there are some extraordinary disciplines of. of physical and mental development that exist that most people are unaware of. I do know that that is true. 
Okay. Uh, speaking of martial arts, there's definitely a big inspiration in those close combat scenes, and especially when Kit Fisto teaches Jedi techniques to the clone troopers, and when Obi-Wan is fight, fighting Jango Jen, Tat. Mm-hmm. How much of your knowledge did you put in those fight scenes? Oh, well, those, those fight scenes very specifically included work of a, of a gentleman named Scott Sonnen, who, who uh, has brought... Uh, uh, martial arts and uh, physical training technology from Russia, from the former Soviet Union to the okay. United States. Some of those concepts, those concepts are real things. Okay. Uh, and, and I use them uh, because I have tried them and know them to be real. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah, and you know, the, he, the guy, the guy's name is Scott Son, and he's absolutely for real. And, you know, uh, you can find him at uh, www.rmax.tv. The guy is is uh, phenomenal. I, I put his his uh, URL in the back of of the book, and his okay. his material is so advanced. It's like science fiction. Oh, cool! Yeah. Uh, the book is all about deceptions. Uh, do you think Obi Wan crossed the line into the dark side when he deceived the five families and Duris? You know, I think no, I don't think he did because I think in his heart, at every moment, he's trying to save the lives of everybody on that planet. Because if he fails in that mission, if he goes home without having succeeded, or if he dies in the attempt, he knows that Palpatine is going to order a bombardment of Cestus. Yeah. He's trying to save people's lives. And, yeah, he's being forced into a terrible situation. Obi-Wan Kenobi is as honorable a human being as anybody anybody has ever written about. But there are places, you know, the world of politics is a world in which honor doesn't work. Yeah. You know, honesty doesn't work. The personal connection between Obi-Wan and Gamaydurus, as soon as they could just be two people, all the BS went out the window. Yeah. They can just talk. They know what's going on. But in their uh, professional, you know, roles, their, their, their assigned roles, there's no hope. Yeah. And I, I think that that's what I was going for. There, no, Obi-Wan would... I, I, just, I do not believe that Obi-Wan would, would go to the dark side. He's, he's, I loved writing Obi-Wan. He's a good man. <laughs> Cool. I, I like my character. Don't you talk about my Obi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I may never write another Star Wars book, but I think I took it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of the dark side, you, you got the chance to use the kick-ass chick Asajj Ventress. How cool uh, was to write her? Oh, it was great. You know, because all what I did was I thought of her as being just really hot and kind of twisted. Um, so that all of her sex drive goes into killing people. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, she is so eager to kill Obi-Wan and was anticipating the moment, but yet again, she, uh, she decides to flee at the end. Would you have liked to have permission to write her death? Um, no, because if I was going to write her death, I would have wanted to have spent more time creating her over the course of the book. Okay. I had made the assumption I was just introducing her. Okay. If I was going to kill her, I would, ha- I would have spent three times as much time with her character. Mm-hmm. You know, go, you know, I, I don't kill somebody you know, without developing them you know, in, 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 in general. And she was just too juicy a character. Okay. Yeah, I understand. And evil. I haven't written a lot of evil women. <laughs> Uh, and and you saw you saw her at least in one Clone War episode, so yeah, you could you, you could know uh, from Anne how she uh, she was good. <laughs> huh? You you couldn't you didn't know how, how good she was with. No, I mean I, I know that I was told that she was a villain. 
you know, and to use her in opposition to Obi-Wan. Now, that doesn't mean that she's beyond redemption. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, almost any villain that's two-dimensional, just, you know, just pure villain, is not interesting. I'm sure Grand Moff Tarkin had his reasons. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in the novel, you point out that the sister's government is torn between helping to save the galaxy and saving the planet's economy and, and its people. Right. Uh, what, you, what is your take on the businesses influencing more and more the politicians' decision-making nowadays? Well, I, I think that there is a, uh, a battle between people who are rising up from the top, from the bottom, mm -hmm. and people who are looking down from the top. And so that's the battle between labor and management, mm -hmm. between business and the proletariat, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and I think that that tension, if you let either one of those sides, if you let the, the proletariat get out of control, you know, you, you get, the, you get, you get the, the, the French rebellion. You know, you, you, you get a, uh, uh, the, the peasants rising up and killing the aristocrats and taking power themselves. They become the aristocrats. Mm -hmm. You know, if you let the people at the top have control, then they will buy the government. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what you have to do is you have to have both sides. And you have to try to have the tension between the two, at least those two sides, balanced in some way. So, yeah, it scares me that, that government is being so influenced by business. I don't like the way that looks. I don't think that, uh, I do not like the situation that America is in right now mm -hmm. in connection with that. I think that That, that that relationship between money and government has created some uncomfortable moments in which I, I am not happy mm -hmm. with, with the direction that we have taken here. Yeah. And um, that I believe that it will, it will correct itself because I think the average human being, let alone the average American, the average human being, is a good and decent person who is trying to do the best they can. It's just that the world looks very different from the top than it does from the bottom. Yeah. And both, and it's very difficult for people at the top to understand what it looks like from the bottom, or for people at the bottom to understand what it looks like at the top. Yes, very well pointed out. Uh, chapter 67, my favorite, <laughs> where Django Tat is confronting his own individuality and the meaning of his life. Mm -hmm. uh, as a good, uh, as a good amount of emotional charge, as you see in one of your life writing lessons. Uh, What chap uh, that chapter touch, uh, touched me a lot, and uh, I think everybody can see themselves in Django Tat at one point in their lives. Uh, is there an event in your life uh, that you might want to share with us uh, that could have inspired that scene? Uh, I don't think that there is any specific moment. I, you know, there are definitely moments in my life where I felt my life changed. Mm -hmm. I changed times in my life that have shifted me from being one kind of person to another and you know that stuff if you look at your life you know will give you all the information you need to write anything you ever want to write mm -hmm. but you have the response you have to be honest about it you have to be honest about the fact that you are brave and cowardly that you are you know fearful and placid that you are angry and loving you know that you have to you have to be willing to look at all that you are forgive yourself and forgive other people that doesn't mean giving them a chance to hurt you but to to look unblinkingly at your own existence will get you those moments of, of existential despair that you then need to to inform something you know it's where you ask yourself if i was Django and i was in this i was Django tad i was in this situation how would i feel mm -hmm. how would it feel to have been raised in this way or that way how would that feel and i just simply took the position that the clones have feelings 
There are people who say, oh, no, clones don't have feelings. You know, and they're welcome to have that opinion. Yeah. I think they do. And that's the way I wrote, I, I wrote that book. And I figured that, that I wanted to tell the story of one clone that awakened to his humanity. Okay, we're now uh, going to look in the chat room what, to, uh, what fans... Uh, question I've sent. Uh, What questions I've sent? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, Terrian from the chat room actually asked us um, if, when you went to school, Stephen, um, did you went to school to actually become a writer, or was this something that started just as a hobby? Well, it started as a hobby. Um, I, I majored in communication arts at Pepperdine University, which was speech and writing and a lot of you know and and uh, radio and stage and um, uh, debate and, you know, things like that. And just writing is what really came out. I tried some of the, some other disciplines, but I, I love public speaking and I love writing. And so I decided that writing is something I can do in a room by myself. It, it's the thing that comes closest to who it is that I am, that it, it, it is of external things. It is the external thing that comes closest to my own essence. And so, therefore, I wanted to spend... I think that this, one of the secrets to success in life is finding... Finding the river that runs through your heart, finding the, 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 the stream that runs through the center of your life and living as close to the banks of that stream as possible, finding something that is, that is honestly you in a way that is a contribution to the world, and then working that puppy and, and finding a way to make money at it and spending a lot of time there. And, and, and I think that that's a way of, of going where God takes you and finding a way to make that meaningful in your existence. So writing for me at this point in my life isn't, uh, it's not about making a living, it's not about a hobby, those are all parts of it, but it's also the way I support my family. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's the way I express myself. I, when I talk to the world, when I have characters react, I'm telling people this is the way I think people are. It doesn't get any more serious than that. Um, and so it's ultimately a, a spiritual discipline, it's an intellectual discipline, it's all of those things. It's what I love. It's why, it's why I get up in the morning. You know, there are only three things in the world that I care about. I care about writing, I care about my family and friends, and I care about the martial arts. Cool. You seem very uh, happy with your life. <laughs> huh? You seem very happy with your life. I am. <laughs> so, man, there are times when I'm broke, and there are times when I'm rich, and there, I get to travel and do things that I like, and my, I love my wife, and she's my best friend, and... And I love my, my daughter. I just have an, I, my daughter just graduated high school. I just adopted a six month old, uh, well, just adopted a new boy, a baby boy who's now six months old. Cool. And I am happy with my career. I was very nervous about writing the Star Wars book because I wanted the fans to like it. Mm -hmm. And I really did. I feel much better about that now. Um, you know, life is good. It's hard. It's challenging, but it's good. Cool. And this is the life that I wanted. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Another question from Sefterian. Um, how did you get your start, uh, your first big break into writing? The biggest break I got was talking Larry Niven into working with me. Um, he was, at the time, one of the biggest science fiction writers in the world, and he uh, uh, hung out in the Los Angeles science fiction circles, and I approached him, and I showed him a couple of my stories. He read them and, and considered me to be talented. And I talked him into collaborating on a, on a project with me. And it, and it worked out. That was the single moment. That was the moment where I stole about five years back from the world. <laughs> so, so about a five-year head start on my career by working with Larry. Okay. Uh, you have other questions, Sebastian? Yes, indeed I do. Um, 
you mentioned earlier that uh, you got some of your, your inspiration from Joseph Campbell's work. Hmm? How were you introduced to his work? Um, I was introduced to his work specifically. I was uh, teaching writing out at UCLA. And one day in class, you know, people said, well, you see, Mr. Barnes, you've taught us all these wonderful techniques, but I don't have the time and the energy to actually craft a career. And I said, well, if you were writing a story about somebody in your life situation, and at the end of the story, the person got everything they wanted, what would you have that person do next? And the guy started coming up with all of his own answers. And so I said, darn, what in the world did I just say? He started designing his own life as soon as I gave him that perspective. And I tried it with other people in the room. And I realized it was something about story that connected with, with this, the, the way we organize our existence temporally and through emotional connection. And I began to look for answers. And Joseph Campbell's work was where I found the answers because he'd done all this analysis of, of, of myth. And uh, this is actually what, what led to the, uh, the life writing program of self-improvement development and writing, which I'll be teaching at the... Uh, the Pacific Northwest Writers thing next weekend, and I'll be going teaching at uh, the Maui Writers Workshop in the summer. But I also have a, a videotape uh, series on my website at www.lifewrite.com that is both the, the, the entire way that I look at writing and the core of that Jedi flow technique that I do in the book mm -hmm. that actually exists as a technique, uh, as, as, a, as a, an amalgam of several different techniques. It's the most powerful form of, of, of physical mental development I've ever seen in, in about 30 years of looking. So like I said, it's, it's the, from Russia, and it really works. But at any rate, um, Joseph Campbell's work, because it looks at myth patterns from all over the world, is not confined to a particular time and place. Uh, or, you know, it's not about poetry or about movies or about books. It's about the way we organize reality that, that we recognize as being a story. Okay. Uh, yeah. Were you aware that Joseph Campbell actually included the, the Dead Sea Scrolls in his studies? No, I wasn't aware of that. I wouldn't be surprised. Because they were in Montreal a couple of, uh, of months ago, and uh, we were actually told that. Cool. And it was, it was written. Uh, I was very, very impressed. Well, it's all world. You know, he basically, you know, basically all you're saying is the course of your life is you're going to try to do things, and you're going to be scared to do them. Because if you do these new things and you're successful at it, you're going to change. And we really don't want to change. But life forces us to change. So we will go out into the world and we will try to, to become adults. We will try to, 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 to meet these challenges. Along the way, we will meet teachers and we will learn to do things. We will, we will keep getting better until we run into a wall that's either caused by something outside us or inside us. We will not, when we cannot get through this, we will, we will feel fear and despair and heartache. The way through that is faith. And if we have enough faith, then we will confront our internal or external demons. We will win. And at that point, we will start a new cycle of life in which we have the ability to turn around and teach other people what it is that we have learned. You know, that's what it is. And you can dress that up any way you want to, a thousand different ways an hour. And people recognize that as being a story every time. Very well pointed out. Very well pointed out. Uh, keep that in mind not too far. Uh, very quick question. Earlier in the interview, you mentioned this Star Wars Holocron CD. Mm -hmm. Is this something you can actually get um, from <laughs> Lucasfilm or, <laughs> or on eBay? <laughs> um, no. What's what does it actually contain? All the secrets that you don't know and you wish you did. Okay, okay it's basically the Bible that they put yeah, it's on. The Bible. Okay. okay. The one thing I will tell you is that, epi that episode 3 looks good. Oh. 
Oh, episode three is even on this. <laughs> we have good reason to be optimistic. Everything I've heard so far, and I've heard a lot about what goes on in, ex- in episode three, it sounds like Lucas has pulled it together just fine. Okay. Yes. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. You know, we're, go- we're going to actually test your Lucasfilm implant right now. So people who, who want to get like spoiler-free, turn down the volume for the next minute or so. <laughs> Get ready. I hope you're 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 you're, you're sitting down. <laughs> How and why does Hennekin turns to the di- the dark side? I would never say that. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth I a try. <laughs> they did not have me sign a non-disclosure agreement, but I think that that was understood. That is the kind of thing that actually makes drama. I will tell you that I believe the reason. <laughs> yes. That that is that is what I will tell you. It it works for me. Okay. Um. I've been reading through some of the chats that happened through the internet, and uh, even I was very surprised, I have to admit, um, of the interview you gave to StarWars.com when Sestence of Deception came out, or was about to come out. Um, You are a very philosophical person. Uh, Personal comment here, which does not probably reflect the... The, the 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 one of my friends, but if there was like a Jedi Council to be made, you'd be a, you'd be sitting on that council on Earth. <laughs> I wish I could have been a Jedi. I'll tell you, I just my midichlorian count was a little too low. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're actually going to do something like about that next year. The midichlorian demystified on, at uh, at a convention. We just decided upon this, but basically, um, you keep a very well um, balanced. Life. I try to. And it's tough, man. It, it really is. It it really. See, I mean, <laughs> I kind of go through that a lot because I I try to live my uh, my life in the ways of the Jedi. <laughs> and um, damn fine thing. Yeah. I have I have re- I have respect for that. Truly. Thank you. You know, we I think that we wish to bring not just magic but a sense of honor into the world, a sense of beauty and grace yes. and power and you know and I think that that's you know that's what we all want. And I, I you know that's why I'm I'm proud to, you know, hang out in bookstores with people dressed up in Star Wars uniforms. It's a hoot. <laughs> a hoot. I understand where they're coming from. Don't don't we all wish there was a world in which the good guys and the bad guys were that clearly marked? Yes. Yeah. We all know that we're gonna die. It's better to die for something than for nothing. There you go. <laughs> Adventure have been loved since the beginning of time. Star Wars is just the latest iteration of this. It's yeah. the latest iteration in a grand and great tradition of literature that has existed since before Gilgamesh. You know, it's like it's it is part of how we define ourselves as human beings as storytelling. We don't write stories. We don't create stories. Story created us. Story created the human mind as we understand it. It's uh you know, this is, it's, it's important. It's so important that the artist, I think, has to not take too seriously what happens to him as an individual. If you, you're asking, when you say that you want to be an artist, or you say you want to be a martial artist, you say that you want to, to stand for something, care for something, help create something, you're saying that I want to be part of something that's bigger than I am. And that's where your power comes from. The degree to which you get your own ego out of the way and you live for something bigger than yourself is the degree to which you can levitate spaceships. We stop ourselves from being magnificent. That's the reason why most people don't accomplish their dreams, don't actually make an impact, don't have the kinds of lives they want. They get in their own way. They're trying to control it. All the people who really function at that level 
have gotten out of their way. They're not doing it for their ego reasons anymore. They found a way to be in alignment with their own values and beliefs in such a way that they know what they're prepared to die for. And when you know that, you know what you're ready to live for. Well, now we will call you Yoda. <laughs> the, the Yoda of all authors. Um, no, but to, to go on a, on a very serious question now. Um, I mean, answer, answer anything you want. The, uh, the, the very philosophical person in you. Yeah. And a little bit earlier as well, you mentioned that people have to have faith. Yeah. Uh, do you have, like, an opinion on people who believe in the Force? I think that's just a word, man. I mean, uh, a, a label is not the thing. I mean, once again, ki, chi, prana, numa, Holy Spirit, a sense that there is something more than what we see and feel, you call it anything you want to. Unless you told me that you believe that Obi-Wan Kenobi was a real person, to tell me that you believe that there's an energy field that binds the universe together is not saying anything more, more that much different than what you know, yogis and martial artists and people like that say when they try to get people to believe in subtle energies mm -hmm. in the world. It's not, it's not the word. Don't, you know, what are the fruits, man? What kind of human being does it create? How do you react to the world? Are you loving? Are you, are you healthy? Are you moving towards being a, a, a better self-actualized human being? Are you creative? Are you able to play with children and listen to adults and help old people across the street? You know, are you, you know, are, what, what are you really? And if believing in the force is a way of, of helping to, to, of verbalizing something that you feel about the invisible world, then that's fine. Indeed. <laughs> There's nothing much more to add to this. <laughs> you know, my, my belief is very non-sectarian. I know some yeah. excellent Christians and some excellent Muslims and some excellent Buddhists and, you know, some excellent atheists. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I care about what kind of person you are. That's Not what label you put on it. What, what I particularly love, just like on a personal note again, uh, I wanted to, like, say you are so right when there's a lot of people who actually just uh, have dreams and they just don't realize them because they're actually afraid sure. well, of fear is what could happen. That's why I specifically talk about a technique of removing fear from your body. I mean, that's why the martial arts and yoga and things like this are considered to be techniques of spirituality. However, this, that approach to it is not taught in martial arts schools. We don't have the words for it. Um, and I, that's why I was kind of so startled. I'm not, I'm, I'm deadly serious about this. That Scott Sonnen's work, listening to where I give the URL in there, is the first place I have seen. I've been studying this stuff for over 30 years. And I have black belts in judo and karate and studied yoga for years and tai chi for 20 years. And, all this stuff, and it's all very interesting, and none of them have the English to explain how it's done. <laughs> really talking about there. And for the first time in my life, I understand this stuff now. It doesn't make me able to do it all, but it actually means that every day when I work on it, I can actually get better at it. That's, a, that's miraculous. You're one step further, that's it. That's okay. right. Well, I can actually see the path. Now it's, I actually have to walk the path, but I'm not walking in darkness anymore, and that's a huge... You know, that's, that's, that's a wonderful gift to know that the work I do will actually pay off. I think most of the time the people, you know, they try to lose weight and they go on a diet. It doesn't work the way people promise it will, and so they think the problem is them. No, the problem is that they've been lied to about what makes it possible for your, for your, your body to be lean and healthy and energetic. We've been lied to, to to too many degrees about what it takes to succeed in relationships 
or in, in our careers because most of the people we've listened to about this stuff didn't have it themselves. Cool. We'll, uh, we will return now with the we're, we're more Star Wars questions. We're, we're going to go to the conclusion, but just before we do that, uh, can you repeat the URL for fans out there because some people want to know in the chat? Okay, well, my URL is www.lifewrite, L-I-F-E-W-R-I-T-E, dot com. Mm -hmm. I have references, I have referenced a gentleman named Scott Sonnen who teaches a very interesting set of principles from Russian martial arts And you can find him at www.rmax.tv. He's the real thing. Okay. Uh, now, what's the feeling of having written a chapter in the Star Wars saga? I love it. <laughs> I've, I've written in several major mythologies of you know of, of West of Western civilization. You know, Star Trek and Star Wars and mm -hmm. Batman and Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, and it feels. Wonderful! I love it. I just wanted to do an honorable job of it. Um, you know, it's not about me. It was about it's about supporting this dream. You know, and about getting people excited for that last Star Wars movie that's probably ever going to be. Hopefully, it will be a knockout movie, and everybody's going to love it. And I've done my part in in building to that, and that is a perfectly honorable thing. I'm perfectly happy to cash my paychecks if I feel like I'm doing work. <laughs> and having your name. Associated with Star Wars. Absolutely, can't hurt. <laughs> New York Times bestseller automatically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you read any expanded universe books outside of the Clone War timeline? <coughs> did I read any? Yeah. No, I didn't have the time to. Okay. No. We, I spend most of my time doing. <laughs> you have to make the time now. <laughs> huh? You have to make the time to read them now. No, I don't. <laughs> 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 you know, that's not that's that's not the primary way I feed my entertainment. <laughs> okay. Uh as an author, what are your comments on the expanded universe versus the official stories of the movie? Um, I haven't read any of them, so I really couldn't tell you. I know that they're written by competent people. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I'm sure that they're they're good stories, but I just I just couldn't tell you anything about them. Okay. Uh How much of a Star Wars fan were you before writing a Star Wars novel, and how much of a fan are you now? Well, I was a fan before I wrote it. I'm no more of a fan now. You know, I was there on the first day for every movie except the first one. Okay. I think I, I, think I saw it after about about four days after it opened. Um, you know, I love them. Uh, you know, I I drove from Los Angeles to San Francisco to go to the cast party on uh, on uh, the, uh, the Return of the Jedi. Nice. Uh, that was yeah, that was a lot of fun. I <laughs> uh, got to party with them, and I got to meet George Lucas there, and oh. like that. Uh, very nice man. Um, and um, you know, it's it's been a very very good experience. I don't know whether or not I'll do more. If I do, I you know, I, it'll be because I like the reactions that I got from people. Um, there were some Star Wars fans who were making real contributions, and I kept in touch with me mm -hmm. over the period of time of writing it. And my experience overall has just has just been great. It, this might be the only thing I do because it's always a matter of going on and doing something next. You know, it has to be where interest meets finance. Yeah. So it's not just about what would be fun to do. It's also about what's, what's actually tactically feasible to do, given what I want to do with my career. Mm -hmm. But uh, the challenge was there, and the enthusiasm was there, and the opportunity was there. The time was right. So I, I had this extraordinary opportunity to be part of something that is arguably the most popular mythology of the 20th century. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I'm honored. Uh, if you would have another chance to work on the Star Wars universe, mm -hmm. what particular story would l would you like to tell? I don't know. I can tell you this, that 
there's something I can't tell you about. That oh. there is a project that I'm working on mm-hmm. that would be... Well, let me ask you a question, okay? If there was a video game that yeah. you could play, mm-hmm. that put you in the Star Wars universe, yeah. and you control the video game with your feelings, instead of with a joystick, literally with use the force to control the game, would you be interested in that? I would be, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't I, imagine it right now, but it would be special, definitely. Yeah, basically where you would attach sensors to your body, and you'd use your feelings to control the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is what I can tell you the truth. This is I'm part of a pro- I'm part of a project to work with this right now. I can't tell you any more about it, but we hopefully will be presenting this to Lucasfilm um, within a month or so. And if this happens, we'll probably be an- we'd be announcing it at the at the at the Indiana meeting next year. But I don't know if this will happen. But I have been telling these people that with their technology, with what I know about storytelling, that it could be done, and that the Star Wars fans would support it if it worked. Do you need some guinea pigs? <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> it, it very well could be. I just want you to know that I, I, that if this happens, you guys are going to be really, really happy because you'd actually be able to learn to control the exact. Well, it, it, it basically, it, it's the closest thing to start to teaching you, teaching you how to become a Jedi that it'd be possible to imagine. It would kind of work with your b- brain waves or, or something. That's right, brain waves, galvanic skin response, your control of your autonomic nervous system would control the outcome of the game. You'd actually be learning skills and then using those skills in a game context. Wow. To survive, to, to win points, to compete with your friends and how much of the force you can control. We were, we were uh, thinking that you were going to talk about the Star Wars t- TV series that they were maybe planning, but this is great. You're a video game that you... Yeah, it would be like nothing that's ever been done before, and uh, it actually the technology actually exists, and we're actually in the process of uh, of, of designing the, uh, the the proposal the, of designing the demo, the demonstration model. the uh, The game itself is just a matter of modifying it and, and reworking it and restructuring it for the Star Wars universe, but the, but the technology actually exists. Wow! Every time we get someone on this show, we get like one of these big scoop. And thank you very much for this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. <laughs> it is. It is. It's absolute gold. And if I'm, I just am. I want to. I'm. I want to make this thing happen because if it does, it would probably end up being the single best game that was ever released. Because not only would it be incredible fun, but you're actually learning. You know, I mean, it's it's just it's it's, a, it's an amazing idea. I, you know, yeah. wow! Not, and it knocked my socks off to realize that it could actually be possible. Yes, yeah, self-control, like a, discipline, etc. You're talking about the first real 20th, first century video game. Is what you're talking about? Cool, very uh, cool. Yeah, this is the real deal. Oh my God! It would be Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you would have fans uh, doing th- that all their life. <laughs> you know, like like in the Matrix. <laughs> Well, um, the fact is that if you learn how to control your yeah. feelings, you learn how to control your health, you learn yeah. how to control your emotions, you learn how to control the things that make you a better athlete, that, that make your body heal faster, you know, that those things, that's real stuff, man. No. You want to do that for an hour yeah. a day, you want to do that two hours a day, three, four, fine, great. You're actually learning how to be a better you. 
You know, if this is this is for real, it's not just playing a game where you look like you're doing something. You have to actually learn how to do it. Wow, I uh, <laughs> I'm blown away. Yeah, you're gonna be. <laughs> Uh, you know, have you know? Fine, get the buzz going about that because um, you know, if if we take this to Lucasfilm, if they look at me and say, "Do you think the fans would like this idea?" I want to be able to tell them, "Yes, the fans would love this idea. If we will get behind this and put it out there, they will support it. If it works, they will support it." And that's what I think is the truth. I think I can look at yeah. them and tell them that you guys would want something yeah. like this. Let me tell you that Star Wars fans will want this. Okay. Why, whatever happens, <laughs> y you know. I got gotcha. you. And what I want you to know is that I am committed to bringing this to you. Cool. Y you know, Stephen, there's this thing about like Murphy's Law and Danny and me, and I, I always tend to think that life has a way of bal balancing itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to repeat right now this in front of you mm. to our fans out there who are listening to the show right now. Mm. This is exactly what you need to go to the Star Wars community boards in the actual fan activity thread for the Star Wars Fan Audio Radio Show and discuss this. Discuss this new upcoming game. Yeah, the only thing we can say on about it boards. is, you know, so that you have a word. You know, it's, it's a Star Wars game that Stephen Barnes would be writing where you use the Force to control the game. Just, I can't even give you a name for it. I can't tell you the name of the company or any of that stuff yet. But I, here's what I tell you. If you guys will support it and get some buzz going, then as I as the process goes on, I will get in touch with you and give you the scoop. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it first again on Star Wars Sound Direct. We're yeah. starting the buzz tonight. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> stay, stay in touch, and I will let you know how things are going. So, and if, so if it works out, uh, you know, it might be possible for for us to have a contest where where a group you know, a group of Star Wars fans might get to to try a beta you know when when it's beta test copy time. Cool, very cool. You know, because the best people to play a game like this would be the fans, not you know, not yeah. the writers, not the editors, not the engineers. Let's get the fans in there and say, yeah. "Was it fun?" Does oh it yes. What? <laughs> that, that's what you want to do. I'll surely keep in in touch with you. Please do. Oh yes. <laughs> you got my email address. Yep. Uh, what do you think about Star Wars fans? Well, they're fun people. <laughs> I mean, look, the first group of people. Where I ever felt completely at home was science fiction fans. When okay. I found science fiction conventions in my early 20s. And there have been lots of different types of science fiction fandom. Science, Star Wars is another one of them. Nice people. You know, they all have, they, a lot of, they have lives and families and jobs. A lot of them are in school. Some of them are in the military. This is something that they love. And, you know, they're, they're just folks with an enthusiasm. Cool. Uh, I to be enthusiastic about <laughs> Uh, what are you working on right now? Oh, okay. I'm working on a murder mystery set 30,000 years ago in East Africa. Oh. Called Great Sky Woman. I spent two weeks in Tanzania last year out of the Serengeti doing research for this. Mm hmm. Um, and I'm about 85,000 words into it. Oh, cool. So when uh, when you, will it come out? Uh, it'll come out probably late next year, like, like next Christmas. Okay. Uh, I saw that you have a, a personal journal, a blog on the internet. And yeah, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to blog now. Okay. Um, eventually, the blog will be on my uh, on my personal web page. Okay. And I'm just uh, I need to add something on there today, but I'll be adding on. I just started within the last week, so I'll be putting on you know when I see movies, when I have thoughts, and my old columns for life writing mm -hmm. and things that I think about personal, mental, you know, development. Um, and you know, I think one in one aspect. 
what we could call Jedi training. Yeah. No, we're not going to teach people how to pick up marbles with their minds, <laughs> but we are talking about living lives that are vibrant, alive. You know, if, you, if you're interested in, in the martial arts, if you're interested in creativity, if you're interested in being a healthy human being, I think that disciplines like yoga and martial arts, all these things really are covering the same area that George Lucas was talking about metaphorically. I've just managed to stumble into a technology that I think, honestly, is the most powerful I've ever seen, and it's kind of, it's relatively simple. It's kind of kind of amazing stuff, so I'm going to see whether or not how many other people agree with that. We'll mm -hmm. see. Uh, surprisingly, uh, at the start of our show, we we did review Spider-Man 2 and King Arthur. I just saw on your blog that you uh, reviewed those two. What did you think about those two movies? Well, I, I absolutely love Spider-Man. Yeah. I thought that Spider-Man absolutely kicked butt, that it was just about a perfect uh, uh, comic book movie, but I think that how much you like it is ultimately going to be determined by whether you're a Spider-Man person or a Superman person or mm -hmm. a Batman person or an X-Man person. I think that some of these movies have been good enough that really it's just a matter of who, who, who appeals to you. You yeah. know, I, I'm a Spider-Man guy. <laughs> Spider-Man really did it for me. Uh, and you know, King Arthur, I thought was was a great deal of fun. And then, unless somebody was really into the legend, and it almost felt like 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 messing around with the legend is being sacrilegious, I thought it was a perfectly good movie. Superb. Uh, do you have anything else to promote an upcoming book or book signing, a special project? No, I'll be at the San Diego Comic Con next week. Yeah. Everybody, come down and say hi. Oh yes. You know, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope a whole, an awful lot of you guys will be there. We'll be doing autographings, we'll be doing panels. Uh, they brought in a lot of good people. So come to the biggest science fiction convention in the world and get a lot of free stuff and meet a lot of famous people and have fun. That's very cool. Okay, now it's the time for the Star Wars on Direct Liner. Do you, do you remember it? What's that? Uh, hi, this is Stephen Barnes, the author of the Clone War novel, The Sisters Deception, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Star Wars on Direct? Yeah. Hi, uh, this is Steve Barnes, author of the Cestus Deception, new Star Wars Clone Wars novel, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Can't do better than that. <laughs> one more time? Okay, let's try it one more time. Okay, this is Stephen Barnes, author of the new Clone Wars Star Wars novel, The Cestus Deception, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. That's perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Stephen. It was a lot of fun for us. Great. And uh, we'll hope perhaps speak again. Oh, yes. Stay, stay on the line. We'll talk uh, during the break. Oh. And we'll go right ahead to a musical break, and we will come back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. That's right, people.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hi, this is Lisa Stevens, president of the Star Wars Official Fan Club, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. And there you oh. go. Well, we are back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, with none other than Nathan Butler. Hi, Nathan. How you doing? Hey, I'm I'm doing good. Life life is grand at the moment. It's just very hectic. You're, you're very busy right now. Oh, yes. So you're telling me. Uh, we know that there's uh, Star Wars Tales number 21 uh, coming up pretty soon. And uh, is Star Wars Tales 20 out yet? Uh, yeah, Star Wars Tales 20 just came out. Um, for those of you who are into Star Wars Tales, Star Wars Tales 19, which is the, technically the so-called last, episode, last issue for Dave Land, is this awesome edition with like all these like really weird stories, like Han Solo meets Indiana Jones, and it actually works. I mean, just this great. Yes. Issue 20 is supposed to be like his encore, and it jumps back to all the parody crap that made me not want to ever buy Tales. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stuff that almost got Tales canceled. It feels like. But oh. One. September 29th. All the uh, some of the solicitations says September 8th. It is the 29th that oh. it's coming out, not the 8th. Okay. That'll be Jeremy Barlow's start and the one that I've got the story in. Good. And did you have comments on the uh, the interview or uh, anything else? Uh, no, I was I, I was only able to catch to catch part of it. I'm actually still in the middle of Festus Deception. I've been like, that shows you how far behind I am on everything yeah. and how much. How hectic it's been! I got that, the Hive. I got Med Star One, all just kind of sitting there, slowly being read through. And I mean, I've got a feeling we just gonna have to like plant the thing by the toilet or something, you know? <laughs> it's a good thing that you, that you are on vacation right now. Yeah, I'm on vacation, and it's this hectic. So yeah. until school starts again. <laughs> well, it was nice speaking to you again. Cool. I hope uh, you can come back to as often as, as possible. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. It's it's getting hectic. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to listen live, but I'm definitely gonna try to at least be you know somewhere near a phone or near an instant messenger type thing. As far as the comic story, if anybody's um, looking for an update, they just started the. It got sent to the colorist, and they started the the word balloon, whatever you want to call it, placement the other day. So hopefully the preview pages on Dark Horse will be up pretty soon. We yeah. may even get some for FanWorks to show you. Yeah. And you said that the art was incredible. Oh, just. Absolutely amazing. There's only one part that they're having to to, to do any art changing on because like they they proofread that just kind of like they proof proofread the uh, the text. There is one part they're having to change with it, but it's 
Yeah, it was. It, it astounded me. It's a lot more dynamic than you know I'd expected. Like I'd only seen this guy's work on Transformers Armada, and I really liked it. But it it was it was Armada, so it had to have sort of that anime or the manga bent to it. And this obviously didn't have to have that sort of thing. It's just it's it's really good. It's got some vicious looking bong. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, you should like it. Jan, Jan's looking good. Kyle's looking pretty buff. It's gonna be. <laughs> That's cool. I just can't wait to take a look at that that story, Nathan. I gotta tell you now, <laughs> with Vongs in it, though, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we will have preview pages up sometime soon. Yeah. Every time I talk to every time I talk to Jeremy, I'm like, so uh, yeah. when are we gonna have some more yeah. stuff to show people? You know. And Brian will be happy to have his Vong drug again. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Nate. Bye. I'll talk to you guys later. Yes. Indeed. Bye. 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 And that was none other than Nathan Butler. I'm actually going to talk a little bit about the, the last three Star Wars tales, not including, well, 17, 18, and 19, um, because I was actually at Toronto Trek last weekend, which yes, is... Yes, you were. Like you have the t-shirt. The biggest And what Star the Wars hell is that? ...convention in... <laughs> Sid- in Canada, and basically yes, this um, I, I actually w- I'm really wearing wearing the t-shirt of uh, T Trek 18, and the one of the security guys actually signed my my t-shirt because he was having this t-shirt signed by everybody he knew. I don't really know him that well, but at one point on Saturday night, we actually decided to um, have people from the con- convention committee sign on a spoon, which we actually dedicated to T Trek. So we a spoon. A spoon. We don't know. It's it's like the Saturday Night Delirium. So for okay. for about two hours, we went. We were not even drunk at that point. Which is the, which <laughs> at is that point? Which at is that? Point. No, no. That's the, that's the actual sad point. We we were we went for supper, and when we came back, we decided to go around with a spoon in the convention. We had one small spoon piece bonded to this uh, lanyard of mine, mm-hmm. and we had all the group sign on it. And Christopher Judge, also known as Teal'c in Stargate, as the one, actually signed it on Monday morning when we left the convention. Nice. And uh, the other, the other one was a soup spoon. So we went around the convention for about two hours, and we had everyone we could find from the convention committee and some VIP actually sign this spoon. And on the Sunday morning, we put it up for auction, and it went for twenty dollars. Awesome. So that's really cool. I went for a very good cause, the Ronald McDonald House of Toronto, and uh, it's, it's it was just really really cool. And one of the person that actually signed the spoon is Robert Robert J Sawyer, and uh, he's a very well known author in uh, the sci-fi genre. And he actually did wrote some stuff back a couple of years ago for Star Wars, and we'll probably be having him on the show because this stuff never kind of got published. Uh-huh. So you can also go to, the, to his website. There's a little explanation over there, but we'll go further into that with him on a further show. But to go back to the Star Wars tale, thing is, I had to come back by bus because my friend left left me alone. They decided to leave on Sunday, and I said, "No, I'm still leaving on Monday." So I came back with Greyhound. Oh boy! Canada. So basically, it took me nine hours to come back from Toronto. I've taken that bus. It's a long bus. Yes, especially when you have to stop for one hour at one a.m. in know. Ottawa. You know, it's there's nothing to do. An ass killing ride. Yeah. So I basically filled up my credit card by going to these comic book shops and getting as much comics as I could. And following one of my uh, follow panelists, I actually bought the comic Astro City, which is 
what would be the real life of an actual superhero, which is very interesting. So if you're li- if you're looking into comics, go get Astro City. It's very interesting to read. And I also bought Tales number seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, which I was which were missing from my collection, and they didn't hide they didn't have any any twenty left. But I picked up all those tales and I read them on my way over to uh, to Ottawa. And one of the best story in these is the the story about what love will do to a Jedi. Oh. And good and bad. It's it's really really sick and twisted because you have <laughs> sick and twisted. You have this Jedi on a search to uh, this Sith, which is supposedly to have killed her lover. And um, for some reason, she killed her lover, and then she killed all sort of Twi'leks. And comes like this like a serial rapist. Yeah, like a like a serial rapist, but more like a serial killer, like a ser- serial serial Sith. And at one point, she gets to this uh, to this actual planet, and she gets this nightmare of the Sith actually killing the Twi'lek. And she walks into the next room, and the Twi'lek is right there. So she's really you know, starting to be messed up and he's getting into my mind now and such and such and there's a Jedi that walks through the door and tells this other Jedi, you know, you have to come back to the council now, you have to report in because we need to talk to you about some some things and such and such. Follows a battle and you realize that the Jedi is actually the Sith. Multiple personality disorder. She actually uh, surprised her lover with a Twi'lek dancer and she just lost it. And she fell to the dark side at that point because of jealousy. And um, she just went on this incredible rage over Twi'lek dancers. And the way you see it through the, through the book is really, really interesting. Because that's, that's exactly what I've been like awaiting for so many years. Is, that th- is to have the actual story of the fact that when you're in love, you can get jealous. And if a Jedi goes jealous, watch out. <laughs> this is really, really bad. So it's a really, really interesting uh, tale to read. And the other very interesting tale to read is actually the one of um, Indiana Jones meeting Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And it's basically that the, um, the, Falcon? The, the Falcon crashes on Earth. Oh, okay, yeah. But so, so, told me that so many, many years ago. And they actually try to uh, to fix the Falcon and get it to fly again, but it doesn't work. And, and a- dies of they, 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 they actually Chewie and uh, Han Solo actually encounters uh, encounter Indians, and Han Solo gets shot by arrows, <laughs> and he dies there. And basically, it hands up the story. It turns out to be Chewbacca becomes the Bigfoot. Yeah. And <laughs> and you have Indiana Jones that at one point actually tumble upon like the skeleton of, of Han Solo, and he says, you know, I don't know what happened there, but it must must have been like ugly, and it's Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, yeah. who just saw Han Solo, Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so does, he this link. Does, he, does he encounter the the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch? Uh, you actually Chewbacca? hear you actually hear Chewbacca growling, and he sees the ship in a di- you know he sees the ship, and he's like, "We're just gonna leave this here, and we're gonna go over there. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna follow that path." And they never actually get like to the Falcon and to actually discover more about mm-hmm. it. But it's really, really, really funny. It, yeah. It's really worth taking a look yeah, at. That's Wookie Moore that told me that one. Okay, so yeah. But 
Very good. Of it course, was, of it, course, it, Matt Payne would know Matt about Payne that would one. Know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> he used the Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there were very, very interesting uh, Star Wars tales, and it was Free Comic Book Day again this year. I didn't get it. I didn't get my comic books. You know what they actually gave away at this comic book store I I went to? The one they gave a couple of years back, which was the story of Hannikin's getting his lightsaber stolen. By that was I got that one. That was yeah. the year that Attack of the Clones came out. That's it. And you still had the uh, the actual ad for Attack of the Clone on the back of it. It was it was really funny to read it again because it's it's still a very nice story, you know. Hannikin being like surrounded by women and he gets his lightsaber lightsaber stolen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, of course, Obi Wan like gets it back and. Saves the day, but Obi Wan's the real ladies' man. Oh yes, he is. He knows how to control himself. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Hannigan. <laughs> so, do we do to uh, the community update? So, I think we are actually going to go to the. But community just before update, no? we'll, just before the intro, I will put a little surprise for our fans. The first part of our Star Wars on Direct commercial. Oh my God! Can I go hide now? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty well done, you'll see Okay, we'll go so ahead We'll go right now My lord Yes, captain We've intercepted a rebel broadcast Here it is and welcome to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi, everybody. This is Wilmy Tales, accompanied by Ripple Scum. They are in this system. I will deal with them myself. The Emperor himself has requested your presence about this matter. Prepare my shuttle. Yes, my lord. And welcome back to the community update, update of Star Wars on Direct. That that was it. Oh. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Just to follow up, you know, with the actual... <laughs> Very nice commercial, Raven did again. Um, so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have to go ahead first with this very interesting news about the London Symphonic Orchestra actually going on to a tour of... Please come to Montreal. It's just going on tour. It's not actually gonna go, gonna come to Montreal. I'm Damn. sorry. Um, it's really disappointing. It is really, but they're going to be in Toronto. Oh, always in Toronto. <laughs> Those yeah. <bastards. laughs> Indeed, always in Toronto. But actually, the tickets are uh, going to be about forty-nine dollars. But are you planning to play some Star Wars? I'm actually trying to find out the link again, so I'm gonna actually have uh, Brian start and mention the fact that Comic Con is coming is coming this uh, to the end of July during our next show. Yes. 
And uh, there's going to be something very special over there. Yes, there's something very special that we have prepared for you. More, more. Denny is Denny and I have Still thought out. Approved. <laughs> thought out. Yeah. Well, the p- we have the prototype yeah. tonight. Um, I shot some of the last few shows and some interviews, and I've put together a promotional video for Star Wars on Threat. Yes. To be distributed at Comic Con. Yep. Now, if you go see Jeff Rooney, find Jeff Rooney. At Comic Con, he will have a Star Wars on Direct T-shirt. So go find him and ask him for one. There are a hundred, or there should be a hundred. So close to. And there's also a web link on there, so you go directly to the web link, go directly to our web page, um, in the DVD ROM contents. Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. Very nice. I can't wait to see that. You've seen a little bit of yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen like 10 seconds. A little bit more, but... It's changed a lot. Okay. Yes. Okay, so now that I actually got the information back. Uh, basically, the website is www.musicofhollywood.com and uh, it's the London Symphonic Orche- Symphony Orchestra. Going on towards in September, they will be in Dallas on September 3rd, in Houston, sorry, on September 4th, San Antonio on September 5th, Atlanta in September 7th, Raleigh in September, on September, on September 8th, Nashville on September 10th, St. Louis, Missouri on September 11th, Indianapolis on September 12th, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio in, on September 13th, Columbus on September 14th, Pittsburgh on September 16th, Detroit on September 17th, Toronto on September 18th, which is a Saturday for us Canadians who want to actually attend. Cleveland, Ohio will receive them on September 19th, and they will finish their tour in Chicago, Illinois on Monday, September 20th. They're not even going to New York? They're not even going to New York. Or L.A. or, I don't know, big city? They're like they're in Chicago. In they're, they're all like, but they're on the mid. They're on the Midwest. Yeah, they're, they're, but they're actually it's one show per night, yeah. so they're really going around a lot. Yeah, that, that's a quick tour. That's a really quick tour. But for those of you who would actually like to attend in uh, Toronto, just because Tower Direct is Canadian base, uh, the, the ticket price range for from forty nine dollar fifty to uh, two hundred and fifty dollars. I think in the back seat of the corner, he's here really well. Who knows? <laughs> that, that that's my thought. Yes, most probably. Uh, for for those of you who wonder about what what's going to be the music, uh, you're gonna hear. Where is the music list? Uh, there's going to be stuff from Star Wars. There's going to be stuff from uh, Indiana, Jones. Indiana Jones. There's going to be uh, Harry Potter. It's Everything by John Williams, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yes, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the list again. So, sorry, sorry, people. This is like really out of the blue. It just came in. Um, but visit their website, www.musicofhollywood.com. Put it on the, in the chat. And uh, just make sure to drop by, drop by there. And if you have the if you have the money, go ahead. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be worth it, like a hundred times. It's on a Saturday. I'm really thinking of attending. <laughs> You're lucky. I'm going to be going to Toronto like ten times this year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of which, Star Wars Exo Interest 2004 in Mexico will be happening from July 16th to, to 18th, uh, including Star Wars guest Steve Sansweet doing his Steve Sansweet spectacular, uh, Paul Rudish, Hammy Halen, Mission Buriag, Shannon, Bax- Shannon Mac Randall, Ray Park, and Daniel Logan. 
There's going to be three days that will be full of all, type of all types of activities, conference sessions of autographs, games, aids, and great opportunities for the collectors. You can visit their website at www.starwarsensuentros.com. That's starwarsensuentros.com, which promises to be a very interesting connect, uh, convention. Same weekend, Peter Mayhew and the 501st New England uh, Garrison will be in, uh, at Connecticut in West Hartford, this? Connecticut. Connecticut. Yay! <laughs> At the University of Hartford campus in West Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, for more information, you can visit www.connecticon.org. And San Diego Comic Con, which we were talking about earlier, with this incredible list of Star Wars guests. <gasps> Steve Sensweet, Mark Hamill, Kyrie Fisher, Jake Lloyd, Ray Park, Peter Mayhew, Kenny Baker, Hammy Halen, Mission Buriag, Daniel Logan, Shannon, ba- Shannon McRandall. Why, why is she back to McRandall all of a sudden? She got she married. Got married. No, no, she was she was she was Baskus. She got married. She became Mac Randall. But now everybody's writing her down as Shannon Mac, Mac Baxa Mac Randall and not Shannon Baxa uh, Mac Randall. She's both now. She's yeah. both now. That, that, that's off. Herman Kirshner, who was the the Empire Strikes Back director, Billy D. Williams will be there. Zachariah Jensen, Dave Barclay, Mike Quinn, Mercedes and Go, Margot Apostolas, Kevin J. Anderson, Greg Bear, Rebecca Moesta, Jan Dursema, Sueno Snada, Joe Caroni, and of course our friend Uju we just interviewed tonight, Stephen Barnes, who's not listed in there. And uh, there's going to be tons of Star Wars events, and they're actually all in the, the been, official. I just website. talked about it twice yeah. last two shows. <laughs> That's it. So if you don't know about them, you just listen to our archives or go to the official website and search Comic Con. That's it. Triple www.comic-con.org Biggest convention for episode celebration three. three or yeah. celebration three. Imagine what it what it will be like. Celebration three. It will be C three or X- Comic Con. C three. I don't even want to <laughs> think about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> there will be too much things to do. Stop that, that's me. the worst. Don't do this. There's gonna be like ten panel tracks. We're not gonna be able to do anything. It's gonna be hell. But we're gonna love it so much, <laughs> and we're gonna be coming back. I hope it's open 24 hours. We're gonna be sleeping like for 48 hours straight because we won't have slept at all. And uh, you know what we should do? We should actually like have live shows from the walk, from the walkway in oh. front of the convention center all night long. <laughs> that would be. I like interviewing I- interviewing drunk people as Star they pass by. Star Wars on direct marathon. That that could be interesting. No, you know what would happen? We'd have the same guys that that were uh, on the Star Wars Star Wars DVD. We'd have those like two guys, those two hobos, who are <laughs> actually Star Wars fans, but they just can't get into the convention. And they would they would tell us about the spirituality of Star Wars. That would be so hilarious. We don't need those. We got Stephen Barnes. He's not a hobo. No, no, but... No, of course not. No, he's... Talking spirituality and yes. philosophy. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to do that for us, like, at C3 no, all night no. long. I doubt it. If he's going to C3, he's probably going to sleep. Oh, yes. So... I intend to sleep, too. The, uh, Maybe four hours <laughs> a day, but those four hours, That's at least. That's about as much as what I've been getting yeah. lately. I'm actually going to put Danny on my back so he can actually sleep in a backpack. That So he can sleep in line while I'm actually going to be talking with total strangers. Like Yoda <laughs> carrying Luke? That's it. Like, <laughs> what are you carrying? Oh, he's my Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be the other way around this time. But um, I just want to mention the fact that uh, it's 9.30, my friend. So start your... VCR. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that was close. <laughs> what? What's 
It's the, the 20th anniversary uh, show uh, of Cirque du Soleil. Jazz Festival. And, uh, oh. Because it, it's on TV, so I want to take it. Just for laughs. Yes. That's it. That's right. And basically, yeah, um, uh, here in Montreal, there's going to be this uh, supper at Auberge de Dragon Rouge on August 6th. It doesn't seem to have a... We're, we're going to have just a few people, yeah. but we're going to have a nice supper anyway. I don't know if we are going going to go uh, there if there is not enough pe- enough people. No, we'll go there anyway. We'll just have fun, if, yeah, even if we're and only... And if and six is a... S- a Friday. Friday. I may be able to go. Okay. On the I, I, I just don't want to stay one hour in line. No, no, we're going to make reservations. Okay. That's all. Uh, on the 7th, there is actually a... Uh, going out to La Ronde, which is our Six Flags park. And uh, there's going to be a show again on August 8th, which is going to be the show after the Comic-Con show, because we're not going to be able to go to Comic-Con, but we'll be celebrating and the with eight you guys. Is the 8th is a Sunday. Yes, but I'm looking at the subject. Oh. Um, we're going to be talking... Uh, Michael Reeves, MedStar 1. Yes. yes, we're going to be interviewing the, the author of uh, the, la- the la- latest Clone War novels. There you go. We're on a roll, people. Listen to Star Wars on Direct, because you never know what you're going to get scooped at. Yep. Tonight was a really cool video game. Don't forget to go talk about it on the Star Wars community board. And uh, any other boards you want to talk about it as well. You can go to Galactic, Galactic Senate also. You That's know. our home. Or Millennium Falcon. Yes. Or even this other place. Called TheForce.net Fanforce boards Fanforce yes. Yes. I, I like Fanforce Fanforce is okay Fanforce are cool Fanforce are Troubling <laughs> Right <laughs> And uh, I guess I'm going to go on With the end of the show People even oh. if it's And Jeff Rooney is going to C3 With his wife So Yeah We're going to be there Yeah people This is going to be the best Star Wars celebration ever the building's going to burn it down it on the weekend <laughs> before right now, just because you said that, Sebastian. <laughs> Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jinx it, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, people, Comic-Con, Jeff Roney is going to Comic-Con, so look for him and look for our DVD. And uh, also... He will also have promotional CD with only audio links and uh, that's prom- promote Tatooine TV, Star Wars on the and uh, Star Wars Fanworks. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're looking to uh, Comic-Con, I mean, Jeff is going, his wife is going, but we're, look- we're still looking for more people who actually would have good communication, who have com- good communication skill, who are doing the major convention circuit in the U.S. We're talking Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic-Con, Wizard World, etc. Uh, just send us an email, studio at swendirect.com, with the title SWD Correspondent into it, and it's going to be our very good pleasure to help you out as much as we can into getting into the convention and into getting some interviews with us interviews for us with some of the Star Wars even if you just go to one that's it even, all you need is do one we're going to be very happy with this I think Danny has a little word he'd like to talk about if you have anything to promote just send us an email at uh, studio and if if you want like Nathan to do a Okay, let's start a this segment. I'm going to go oh. three, two, one. Studio, Studio at swendirect.com. Okay, there you go. That's good. Uh, can go on. <laughs> okay, if you have, uh, if you want to participate in the show like Nathan does uh, by doing reviews or doing a, a, a special segment, uh, send an email to info at swendirect.com, and we will see uh, what we can do. But you you need to be uh, regular regularly. 
available available regularly yeah, that's it okay next show is going to be on July 25th 2004 at the end of Comic Con and we will be doing the Star Wars on Direct Fan Film Awards 2004 yes we will actually be taking a look at what's been nominated for the Star Wars Fan Film Awards the result will be in the results will be in Comic-Con. so we'll comment on these and uh, it's going to be our pleasure to going to a little watching to do we have 20 candidates I think I thought you were going another way with that. (laughs) And, uh, of course, if you have any comments about the show or that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. If you do like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself on as much boards as possible, even the official ones and especially the official ones. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show and... Just like Adam Lesson, have him participate. We want you to come to the show because we need you to participate to the show because we're doing this for you guys out there who like to discuss Star Wars with us. You guys. (laughs) We're Uncle Sam. And all you can see is Kit Fistel's finger. We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Sitland.net, for all those great news for, from hyperspace. Uh, Legends Action Figures, our web host, simple-net.ca, which gives us very detailed information about all of you guys connecting to us and all of you guys downloading from our archives. And uh, they're the best. Partners. Period. <laughs> they're the best, period. And we know it. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> they're better than anyone out there, and they know it. <laughs> FurryConflict.com is one of our partners. Trek Wars, the Fury Conflict audio drama, Episode3.net, Millennium Falcon, TheForce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars, Galactic Hunter, Keeping Collectors on Target, and StarWars.com. StarWarsFanWorks.com. No, StarWars.com isn't our sponsor. Oh, no, not at all. Far from that. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio. That's where you find all of the information about fan audio out there. Yes, StarWarsFanWorks is a good website. This is Sebastian, Brian, and Danny, saying see you next time on Star Wars Undirect, the voice of Star Wars fandom. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. sure to visit www.swandirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. 
Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Citlan.net, c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net. Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums. Over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. 